0: Welcome to post apocalyptic. This is Robert. This is John. All right. This week in post if your week or two weeks we haven't recorded you won't notice this the general public (laughs) is where we sort of banked a few. I think they notice it. What would your tagline be if you were pitching your week in post? What would the Hmm. the tagline be? That's a good
1: one. Um, Let's see. I'm just trying to think of what. What this week was all about um, doesn't apply to me, but I would say, just when you thought it was safe to get overtime, you know,
0: nice. <laughs>
1: yeah, that sort of we put the kibosh on that this week, just because um, I think we sort of <laughs> maybe ran the budget into the ground. And, huh? You know, uh, <sighs> you know, you know that sort of. Excuse me, you know that time where you know there's a time crunch. Always, you, you know. It, And with our, with our particular show, you know, (laughs) we don't have an air date, like literally don't. So time crunch is like relative, but you know, obviously they want to get you off the books as, as soon as possible. Right. Um, so, you know, when in the beginning of a show, it's always, you know, no overtime, no overtime. There's no reason to have overtime, which there is without
0: air dates. There's really no reason to have overtime.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know they wanted to get us off off the books and get the, the show delivered and so we just said look you're gonna have if that happens this is what it's gonna take you know if you want the thing at a certain point at a certain day it's gonna take a lot of man hours and some overtime and you know all of a sudden they're like okay sure whatever it takes you know then the network speaks like the mm. people the higher-ups and then there comes a time when they see the budget well wow, I don't know if
0: whatever it takes really applies now. Yeah, now that we've crunched a few numbers this whatever it takes does not seem to apply yeah, right now exactly. whatever it takes within your 12 hour a day your five days <laughs> a week exactly
1: so which is which is good well, I guess I, I I have to kind of work a little bit this weekend, but which is good for your life in that you won't, you know, be at work for, you know, t- uh, more than twelve hours. At the same time, there's still all that work that needs to be done. So right, no. you know, and there's still a schedule that you're trying to hit. So it's just like it doesn't magically happen where you go, oh well, you know, just cut it off at twelve hours, but still keep the schedule. It's like,
0: well, no, well, yeah, and the- that do whatever it takes is. It always, they always allude that there's that magic button that, oh, you need it now? Well, then we're going to hit the button and be done tomorrow. It, we're ne- you're never done. Right. It's just that I think they think whatever it takes and then in their mind, well, you'll probably, what, need two solid days? <laughs> well, yeah, two solid days to move that one thing. And right. then I need seven more of those. Because that, that one thing that you need to, to do, it takes, you know, seven
1: approvals from people who are here, there and everywhere. And, you know, it's it's something where, you know, a vendor like a VFX person may uh, put out a version and that goes back. And then the EP doesn't like that. And then it goes to budget, you know, to where you know, he wants something else or wants something different or wants something more. Which costs more money. And then you got to go back to the studio to see if they want to do it. And then there's that back and forth. There's so many things happening, so many moving parts uh, in post, you know, to where you have to deliver the show. You know, that show that you see on television, I mean, it took a lot of wrangling, a lot of people, a lot of uh, coordination to do. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, people who deal with just bottom lines all the time realize that i think that they do realize it to a certain extent but you know if you go into one of their offices they're probably like why is it taking so long why does it take two
0: days to do this why does it take this i saw a cut and it looked mostly done right well yeah it is mostly done editing yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and then you and i take
1: it and then we have to like put it all together get clearances you know make sure that we schedule um time at our post house you know and you schedule whatever time you schedule it's all going to fall apart because you know there's there's no there's no hard out you know in in art really i mean you can't right. you can't like say well we're going to have you know, the best show by this date i mean you work towards that but sometimes especially if you're airing it's we'll have the best show that we have
0: at this particular time We just can't work anymore. We don't have the time. We just have to And two, sometimes that's the best way to do it. Because if for example, like my show, which will be twenty thirty, I think we mentioned before is the new time. Yeah. We'll deliver the best we can. Could it be better? Well, anything can be better, but it's also that's what we shot. And is having more time make it better? Not necessarily, I think it would hinder. As you're coming into now, is your show any better that you've had all this time? It's like it's probably making things worse. Time is as much of an enemy as it is a blessing. It's like, oh, we don't have air dates? Great. I won't be working a million hours. But then it's also, great, no one will make a decision.
1: Right. And, And if people don't need to make a decision right away, they won't. You know, it's it's um, the only way people make decisions in this business is if they have to move on to something else, be it an air date, or they have other projects, or there's something you know pressing that uh, demands that they make a decision right away. But if you have you know two months to make a decision, you know immediately you'll go, wow. Well, I mean, in two months, I could come up with something amazing, or something could hit me, something might be better,
0: something magical.
1: Why would I make that decision now? And so there's this fight, this sort of pushback between, you know, editorial, production, and the network or studio. And obviously the studio is looking out for, you know, they want the best show they can get, but for... uh little, whatever the set yeah. amount is. Yeah, exactly. Bargain basement prices, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's business. And, and, and I understand that. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot that goes into... Uh, turning over a cut or doing this or doing that. You don't give notes, and then right away say, "Oh, can we have this? Uh, what six o'clock?" It's like, y- y- no. Yeah. You
0: hey, well, you gave me notes at three. Yeah. <laughs> it's an hour show. You're not getting anything tonight.
1: Yeah, and then you feel like, you feel like an idiot saying, uh, "It's Wednesday." You just gave us notes. It's three o'clock. Friday. You know, and they go, ah, two days, really? Can we get it tomorrow? It's like, well, it's three o'clock now. My guy's going to go into overtime. You don't want to pay that. He's got to do the notes first, and then it's got to work with the executive producer. You know, they, they have to watch it, and then they have to sort of adjust it according to what he or
0: she wants. Yeah, just because you gave notes as a studio doesn't mean that's the definitive note. It's right. the creator still needs to see if those notes interfere with his vision totally. or you know they compromise going i see what you mean we'll go to the close-up which yeah. is every note go to <laughs> go to a close-up <laughs> or reaction right reaction what reaction
1: shots we have none we didn't shoot any okay you know and then like on my show there's a the whole thing hey i want this uh let's do visual effects on this shot oh we didn't shoot a plate for that And then i'm asked hey do you know if we shot up any plates for this i'm like well okay we did shoot plates for this particular scene but from a certain angle we didn't get the reverse angle i can guarantee you with the budget we have and just the fact that we had a visual effects supervisor who would have shot that reverse angle on the day it doesn't make sense that he would shoot that reverse angle with this whole setup that we have on another day right with that actor i mean it, it, you're not going to come back for a plate yeah it's like you just turn it around and shoot the plate it's so easy it's like why would i come back they didn't have the time to pick it up i say like, i know don't know the footage frame to frame but i can guarantee you knowing what i know about production that that did not happen right um and if you want to do it it's going involve like replacing heads it's going to involve some involve something that it's ultimately going to look really artificial. And if you want it to look really good, we don't have the time for that. And we don't have the budget for that. You know, I mean, if you want something to look good, it can, but it's going to take probably months and a lot of cash and we don't have either. Right. (laughs) So, um,
0: that's not happening, but, but I always like, when you get not the blame, but it's like, they'll ask you, Oh, we didn't get a reverse. Why not? Well, (laughs) <laughs> I sit in an office not on set. I'm going to have to ask the director and the people scheduling that day. I I don't know why they didn't get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where like on that instance at least you know that hey, I didn't shoot it. So, yeah. you know, yeah, they can come at me all they want But I'm like hey, if it, it goes down to the director and ultimately it goes to the uh creator, it goes to the showrunner because they should be the way it works is, in television, the directors basically, and I've heard this from directors uh, personally, is that the director is a hired hand. Right. You know, the uh, overall creative uh, control vision is, is driven by the showrunner. Basically, they're the boss. Of the, it's them top down and creatively. And anything that happens, especially, you know, with directing, has to be signed off by the showrunner. Because ultimately, they're responsible for it. You know, it goes through different cuts. First, the editor gets it, then the director, then the producer, which is the showrunner, or producers, or other producers, proxies. And then it goes to the studio, and then the network. But ultimately, even after it goes to the network and studio, the showrunner is the last person to touch it and bless it, so
0: to speak. Yeah, I mean, the director for the most, or for my half-hour shows, which is different than your specials, like two days that's it the director has his two days after shooting so and most directors we have worked with kind of get it like uh we have one right now who's just giving notes it's like i'm not going to come in here are my notes do my pass Mm -hmm. let me know when the wrap party is right i mean that's basically the extent of the director and i even heard like someone say it might even been a director it's if I don't show up, they'll still shoot the show that day. Like if I like got wow. sick or like, oh my god, I was in a fender bender, I won't make it. All right, well, we're gonna move on, You're like because the creators there or something. Someone will be there to get whatever that day is. No one's gonna shut down unless it's a feature, which is a completely different rule. The director has a lot more say on a feature, but if on a TV show one day the director doesn't show up, we'll still we'll still make our day. Mm-hmm. He just won't be there.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. I mean. I don't think about it like that. I mean, I know
0: that there's like DGA rules or whatever. And, and, he, and the director is very important. It's not discounting the director from TV at all. But if he can't make it, yes, you could do an insurance day or something. But if you're on a time crunch on a TV show, someone, and the director would even understand, look, just have the DP and the creator start of co-direct through it. You know, yeah. all the thing, everything's already set up. They already know what they're doing that day. Right. They just need you to talk.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just, you know, every director tries. They do try to put their uh, stamp on it. I mean, don't really want to go in there and just, you know, be like a cog. But, you know, every, invariably, if you shoot the crane shot, if you shoot the intricate, um, especially with half hours, if you shoot these intricate shots, ultimately, that's going to get cut. Yeah. You know, for time. You know, you're always trying
0: to get to any time. pan over yeah. or slow dolly in. Right. That's the first thing we cut. <laughs> exactly, it'll make it in the editor's cut because the editor knows the director wanted that shot. It'll go away.
1: Yeah, I and, remember being on a show and the one of the uh, producers was like looking at the footage and, and or cut. The edit the director's cut. And t- you know what? It's a beautiful shot. It's a beautiful. She shot this. Thing
0: beautifully, we're just not going to use that.
1: You know, we're just not going to go.
0: We need our two minutes exactly, and that's the first to go.
1: You know, and and for our purposes in television to get things to time, um, it's understandable. You know, and sometimes it may work against the speaking about comedy. It may work against the comedy to do you know these sort of intricate shots. Maybe that's not the the time to do it. I think that you could be very creative about it and it could work for the comedy to do certain shots. Like, you know, it could be the, like the whip, the overused whip pan right. and, and things like that. But if you're, you're doing the dolly, the crane down through the David Fincher shot into <laughs> you know some sort of, you know, um, corridor, it's like in, in the comedy, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense for us when we're just trying to cut, you know, seconds. Yeah, out, you know, and you know, ultimately, that's gonna
0: yeah. Come. Think about how short twenty minutes and thirty seconds is for a TV show. When in actuality, you cut five seconds out for a card, uh, like a main title card, and I think on our show. So basically, eleven seconds of logos and a card. Yeah, is time that's not part of the show. So now you're twenty minutes twenty seconds or nineteen seconds. Right, is your show? What do you want to play? Do you want your 30 seconds of a dolly in right or do you want a joke you're always going to go to the joke <laughs> absolutely
1: no definitely so i mean and then it's a little different for you know one hour or
0: uh yeah because you're setting a mood yeah and a, and a tone so maybe those shots work on how to get away with murder i haven't watched show but i'm guessing yeah like i mean you might do a long corridor shot because you're trying to pace or do a suspense thing you know right Comedy, you're just up for the joke.
1: Yeah, and and it's got to be fast, you know. It's got to be fast. It's got to be vibrant. It's got to have a lot of energy. And that's what it's about. You know, it is about jokes. You know, that whole uh, old adage that, you know, uh, an an average comedy script, half-hour comedy script needs to have three jokes per page at least. And it's true. It's like joke after joke after joke after joke. Get as many jokes as
0: you can in as possible. Because one of those three will be good. Yeah. Like you're throwing a lot of jokes out there, you're just hoping one every three. I mean, you're hoping all three, obviously, right. but you're hoping one because you're going to skip two. You're yeah, going to exactly. miss two.
1: Yeah, and so it's got to keep. It's got to keep coming. You got to keep that. You know that attention uh, to your show, especially now, when there's just so many things that can uh, garner your attention. It's you know you got to come out there blazing, and you got to get the ratings. You yeah know? so you know it's not going to be uh, a show about one joke you know it's gotta have it's gotta have to have that like uh zip to it so um you know and the direct the good directors know that i think that the good directors and i say the good directors um just the ones that know how to uh, shoot a show very quickly very efficiently but get the performances that they want to out of it and something that will cut well um very easily um but also the ones that are... You can tell the seasoned ones because they go to the showrunners and they go, are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Because they know, look, I'm doing what I'm doing. Ultimately, it's about what the showrunner wants. I'm actually thinking about my next show that I'm directing because yeah. when, when they give the notes, they're usually on some other show that they're prepping for. Yeah, they're for prepping another. on that next yeah. show. And, and it's him- yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to have him come in. Sure, whatever. I, I got paid. I know that the show's not going to resemble when it gets on the air it's not going to resemble anything like what
0: i you know put out there i'm good with that i just hope it's cohesive and yeah. if i got along with everyone on set i'll come back for next season or maybe later down the season exactly
1: i think that um you know those those people know that like it's a job mm-hmm. you know and you're not gonna this is not your all tour endeavor you know this is not a, a uh, indie feature this is a business and they turn these things out <clears throat> one after one after one just make sure you shoot the footage that we can edit and, and and go from there and move on to your next show.
0: And that's the thing. It's like we have both collectively worked with a lot of directors. And since we're talking positive, we'll actually name a name or I'll name a name. The one who gets it the most that I've ever worked with, I've worked with a lot, and I think a lot of them get it, mm-hmm. Ken Whittingham. Have you worked with Ken Whittingham? Ken, I was,
1: I was thinking of him actually when I, I said that, yeah.
0: He's this great director. I um, worked with him on a show in the past, and he knows he knows his place. Mm-hmm. Like he even said... I know my cut doesn't matter. But, I mean, he knows what he's giving is good, but he knows that he'll give his notes, but ultimately he's not going to waste two whole days. He's not, Even though he gets his two days, he's not going to show up at 8 and leave at 8 p.m., which I've been with those directors. They're like, I want my two days. Ken is in and out, and you can use everything. Mm-hmm. Like, everything he gives you is almost an editor's dream. They're like, wow, you got everything... I can cover notes. It's yeah. like he got the reaction shot. He got the wide. He got everything. And will stay on time. His days won't push. If you're on a single camera by Friday, you're at, you're at noon.
1: Call. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll still have a 7 a.m. call on a Friday based on a 7 a.m. call on a Monday. He'll get your day. He'll just yeah. go in, shoot. He knows how to give a show. And I think that's, I mean, for TV, he gets it. And yeah. I would love to actually see him, what he would do with a feature, like his own feature or something. No, absolutely. I mean, he, he's just a really good guy. Yeah, he's you know? the best
1: guy. He's like, he's like the best. Um, I remember being, <clears throat> being on a show that he did. This was, I'll name that show, Living with Fran. It was a Fran Tresher show that probably nobody... Really remembers,
0: we'd have to spend another 20 minutes describing who Fran drives, right? Exactly. So we'll just go living with Fran. We
1: got <laughs> we got canceled, you know, into we the shows. one of those things where uh, at that time I was a post PA and I was driving, you know, somewhere and I got the call, well, uh, bad news got canceled, uh, but you know, we're gonna finish the four we shot, don't worry, we're gonna finish those. <laughs> Like, oh, great. I just turned down House and uh, Las <laughs> Vegas for that. <laughs> so- <laughs> literally did. Um, anyway, the te- I talked to the technical director. We were kind of uh, chummy uh, on that show. And,. When Ken finished his show, he said, you know what? He's like, and he volunteered this. He's like, Ken is the best director I've worked with. He's like, he, like you said, like he shoots everything. He shoots the wides. Like he gets everything that we need. Um, He knows he's always on top of it. He always, um, he like leaves nothing behind. He like, he gets everything. And then the editor too said, wow, this show cut together so well so quickly i wow he's like yeah he's, he's he gave me all the footage i needed and you know when kim came in for his one day he, he got two but he didn't need but a day like he was in the room for a couple hours no more than a couple hours he came back with the biggest smile and he's like i'm like so what do you what do you think he's like it's good it's like it's really good like see so you coming back he's like nope i'm i'm good just give me a dvd and i'm i'm done and I was like, wow, this is, this is great, you know? Yeah, It's what like, they he be gives like you
0: the script, and that's ultimately what the writer creator wants. Yeah. They want, they'll still have it in their head a certain way, but they want to see what the script is, and Ken gets that. Ken gives you the script. He has his own style. You do notice a Ken show, but yeah. he'll give you the script, and that's all they want. It's like, he delivers. It's like, I want to shoot this script, and he's like, I got it. I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he's been doing this so long that he knows wide, close up, over the shoulder, fifty-fifty, cowboy, do this, but he, he gets it and he knows it. But ultimately, you know, anybody can do that. It's the performances. Yeah. You know, and when you watch the show, you know, he gets good performances out of people.
0: I think it's like he's upbeat. He's mm-hmm. a friendly guy. Yeah. And, you're, and a lot of times you're going on to a show that's already running. Like, I know he's done a few pilots, so I imagine that's a little different. But mm-hmm. the show I worked with him on, I think we were in our third season. So we were already a well-oiled machine. So he just came in, got friendly with the actors. Actors gave the exact same... Per- I mean, they did their job. Yeah. And we, I think we did three takes. It's, this was back in the day. It's hard to, like, equate his shooting style. Like, we shot on, we were an HD show that shot on HD tape. Each tape was a 40-minute load. Average five to six tapes a night, which is, it's so hard to, like, break. I mean, you can do the math, but it's, like, on average, we had six tapes. When he directed, which was his first time doing a single-camera show, our first day, we started at seven, we were finished at six, and we had two tapes. And we were all... Panicked. We're like, well, if we're short, we're short. I mean, yeah. not gonna, I mean, he's a nice guy. They're not yeah, going to fire you. him. Yeah, yeah. And then from that point on, we averaged probably three tapes a day, uh-huh. and we we're, we weren't pan. I mean, being in post, you're like, well, it is what it is. I'm not going to get fired, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I'm not the one shooting it. Shoot it. Yeah. At the end, went under every day. I think we shot the sh- shortest day was like a ten hour day, and but probably averaged that as opposed to twelve hours. And his show cut together flawlessly. Yeah. And from that point on it's like can we have him every week and but we had already slotted the rest of the director so he didn't come back until the following year so but I mean it was like is it dumb luck came back the next year gave us the exact same thing yeah so it's like oh okay it wasn't even dumb luck it wasn't like he was over prepared and you know with a like exacto a knife just cut it in his head right. as he was shooting it was just worked out the best possible
1: yeah yeah I remember I'm continuing with the Ken-, Ken Whittingham love fest here <laughs> um but yeah I, I remember uh yeah, that too. That the footage was, it wasn't because I was in charge of getting all the the tapes. And, yeah, you know, it just wasn't what it was. You know, uh, asking around, do you have directors. any extras?
0: I only have three yeah. in my hand. I should at least have six. Exactly.
1: It's like, are you sure? Are you missing something? You're just like <laughs> on the stage
0: trying to look for the other. Tapes? It's not in the camera game, <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. <is it? laughs> you know, so yeah, it was a big surprise when you know the editor was like, "I got everything I want." He's like, "This is." simple like you know the editor was quick anyway but he came out of his you know bay like early like wow this is I think he I think he was may have been doing something or had some other commitments or something and he came in maybe frantic to cut you know this show and like he cut the whole thing in, like in a day <laughs> and he's like wow it's that was that was easy he's like it's ken's great like he, he he gave me everything i wanted and um the show's so good like i'm i'm actually ready to show him <laughs> the thing right yeah. now i say like, i don't come and call him and just yeah. give it to him so of course ken's like yeah sure give it to me give it to him gave him some notes ken came in and it was good i think ken probably was like i didn't really have to come in because yeah. i mean he did my notes and
0: it was good and when i say he gave notes he gave like three notes or something. Yeah, it was, I actually really like this other take. Yeah. Like he'll remember the three takes he right. did. Or, you know what, can we stay longer on this beat? Yeah. I mean, yeah, his notes were minimal. I, I last thing I worked with him was a show ago. And he came in at nine to do his notes because he was prepping on the lot for another show. So he decided to come over. Yeah. That was the only reason <laughs> okay. he came in. So we was like, hey, we're going to lunch, something like that. He was gone before the lunch got back. We were like a noon lunch type people, like they like the lunch at noon. Sure. Lunch came and I was like, where's Ken? Oh, he already left. He said, put it in the fridge. Maybe he'll come back for it. Like he was, got there at nine and lunch was there. Like he, enough time to order, but didn't even stay for lunch. Yeah. Because sometimes they'll do that. They'll just stay, get their lunch. and yeah, eat. Like yeah, he totally. was like, I'm done. Yeah. I, well, when's lunch going to be here? About 40 minutes. I'm done. Yeah. It's
1: like, oh my God, you're a genius. He's like, I'm not even gonna, you know, I'm going to wait for lunch. You know, I... I got lunch. I can get lunch anytime, but it's like, but you know, yeah, you're right. They do kind of hang out and, and stay and then and then uh, leave if they're, even if they're done. But if he's done, you know, I think he, he probably does to a certain extent, cut the show in his head enough and shoot it to where he knows that, you know, it's going to cut a certain way. And, and so when he gives notes and when he sees a show, you know, and his notes are like, you know, two or three things which is probably like change his take or look for another take um that it's it's no big deal you know that he can kind of come in you know make a couple of notes and then leave to the next one
0: yeah it's kind of seeing you're seeing it a little differently in the bay if he comes in you're gonna watch it probably with the editor so you're gonna see it like that's your second viewing so Mm -hmm. you see it and you're like oh Yeah, and then and then sometimes the editor can explain. It's like, oh, I didn't use the take you wanted because if you look, it doesn't cut. It doesn't match cut or something. It's like, oh, okay. He won't fight you on anything.
1: (laughs) That's the thing. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) puts his foot down. Yeah, I think he knows it. Look, I got. I'm on to the next show, and I got to give my time to that. And you know, just keep just keep it moving because you know. And he gets his cut, but ultimately, you know, if you're talking about what's on air that's going to be what, you know, It's going to go through a lot of other versions before, you know, it gets on air. And it may not resemble what your vision was uh, completely, but, you know, uh, whenever I see his name, you know, on the directed by, I, I, you know, I I strap in because I'm like, okay, this is canon. And and invariably, you know, he gets these sort of energetic performances.
0: I would almost say, too, like what you're going to see will be at a 95% Ken cut because the way he shoots yeah. is like, yeah, there's a lot going to be changing because other people are going to have opinion. Maybe they'll pay something up and you're going to actually see it with the music and everything. But he he'll give you the show. Like you'll watch that final one. That first time, like I said, what we worked with them, his was 99%. The EP came in and we added some flair stuff to a couple things, but that was, that was about it. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually seeing, like, not the director's cut, but basically the director's cut as a final. And not enough change. It wasn't like... I think his. I think it might have been one of the things that his show was like 30 seconds over. So even that, like, I think when his director cut was done, it was still 30 seconds over. So, yeah, we took time out, but he could have done that. Had he... Had then given him the power. It's like, no, yeah. get it to time. He would have probably almost chose that same 30 seconds our EP would have chosen. Yeah. So And, yeah, now I, I remember him being a one-show-a-month director because he was new at the time when I worked with him, he is a every week director now.
1: Yes, it was the same with me. It was like, I think he was just trying to get other shows. Now, he was working on other shows, and he had other...
0: other, other, um... He was doing a lot of meetings and stuff. Like, one of the times I think I had lunch with him, and he was doing, like, a one a month, but he was doing a lot of, like, meeting showrunners. Like, he was, like, on that... He started moving up on lists. It's like, oh, we should... This Ken guy's done these five shows now we should maybe put him yeah. in our rotation.
1: Yeah, now he's the, you know, the sought after guy, but um yeah, back then I think he de- and what the reason why I was so surprised, pleasantly surprised on that show was I think the showrunner on that show who was mm, maybe the nicest showrunner I've oh, ever nice and most considerate <clears throat> showrunner I've ever worked for. You know, uh is one of those things where he lives in my neighborhood. mm mm-hmm. Mhm when i say my neighborhood he lives in the part of the neighborhood where they have these big <laughs> <homes. Yeah. laughs> and so i was at the gas station one day and i saw him and you know i went up to him and you know engage and like i said i was a post pa on that I'm engaged in conversation i'm like you know sometimes you could be outside of the office and the person would be like who are you what yeah you know, but it wasn't that but anyway i think he had worked with ken before I want to say it wasn't as a director; it was as something else, and like he
0: sort of gave him a shot. Yeah, he uh, he started off. um, He was an assistant director on Moesha.
1: Yeah, so I think I think it may have been that,
0: and that was like, and that's so different than an assistant director on a single uh, Moesha. If anyone (laughs) do your research, look up (laughs) Moesha. Yeah, look at it. Moesha was a show on UPN, and that was a multicam, as we mentioned before. Yeah, Uh, and that was a multicam. So an AD on that, you're just sort of a stage manager i mean there is a stage manager but you're basically right more of a manager than on a single cam you're setting up the days right on that so that's kind of where he came from
1: yeah so i think he i think it may have been on moesha okay uh where don't quote me but i think it was like that but i think he was an ad okay and he wanted to give him because he but he really liked ken you know really sharp really smart guy and he gave him a shot so the guy that he gave a shot turned out to be You know the best at you know setting up uh shots angles getting all the uh, coverage that you know uh, everyone wanted but also getting the performances um uh orchestrated to where you know it'll cut together very well um and yeah he was sort of even surgeon like on that show in that like you could tell like he got it like he knew what he was doing to the point of you know didn't overshoot knew what he wanted to get and when he got it he moved on yeah
0: you know uh, and that was all it took. and now look at him now yeah (laughs) no absolutely it's great if anyone's curious moesha had 127 episodes no way i would have not said moesha moesha did syndication Ninety six to two thousand one. I would have never two thousand one? Really? <laughs> like that doesn't seem like that, that would was, have uh
1: wow, that was interesting. Well it's twenty sixteen, but I, I just thought nineties.
0: Yeah, it would have I would have guessed I knew it was ninety six is when it started. Yeah. Um I don't ask why I know that.
1: Uh, but it was like their highest UPN's highest rated show. At a two point two. I believe that was their highest rated two point rate. two. But but 2.2 2 today on like the CW that's like
0: you get a 2 se- of. you get a 2 season pickup yeah. if you're doing a 2.2 <laughs> exactly. but that was also in 96 that was the years um friends were pulling in like a 19 to 22 yeah so that too looked pretty small, but yeah. you were also on UPN, right? So exactly. You, you balanced it out, and you got to, yeah. That got you more episodes, more seasons on yeah. the UPN. And, and UPN, look, look that up too if you don't know what that. Is. Yeah, UPN. Yeah, you'll have to yeah. <laughs> you have to jump back. This is a um, do your own Google research. Exactly. exactly uh, we, we've thrown out a lot of random things. Although Moesha, almost with 127 episodes, feels like it should be more in the lexicon. I know, right? <laughs>
1: Moesha, 27. That's that's you know syndication money right there for Brandy.
0: Isn't it syndication? <laughs> it's got to be on somewhere,
1: right? I mean, 100 episodes is automatic, but I, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Where right now. it
0: is? But or what kind of deal they made? Do you think but, she's uh, getting a check? Going, oh my god, that thing I did 20 years ago, I'm still getting a check on.
1: You know, I mean, I think it comes in with all her music residuals, but um, yeah.
0: that's her spending money. And she it's, gets sort of, email, yeah, it's, it's sort of yeah, it's sort of like, like
1: oh yeah, Alicia, yeah, I'll buy a purse with this or something. yeah,
0: yeah oh all right moesha moesha everyone moesha's getting to shout it. out on a podcast
1: but you didn't think that thanks uh, ken whittingham
0: yeah exactly well speaking of obscure uh random 1996 things uh which could also be i was thinking about one of our favorites uh, uh not the rock this is not going to be a wow. rock conversation okay nick cage <clears throat> nick cage will be later okay uh, spoilers <laughs> polly shore Polly, how could I? All right, right. Paulie Shore. For most of you, once again, another Google look. Look up, look up oh, Paulie Shore. <laughs> Basically, I'm going to make everyone do work. Actually, I will uh, probably via our Twitter account at because John Rob will be doing like show notes. Like if we talk about Moesha, maybe I'll find a trailer. Yeah, and just tag it in there so if someone goes to our Good Twitter, idea. they can see what a Moesha yeah. is. Yeah. So you don't have to do too much work. Yeah. But I was thinking of Polly Shore, who who came to fame. He is a stand-up comedian uh, from a f- famous lineage. His mom's uh, Mitzi Shore. Yep. Who opened the comedy store. He grew up in the comedy world. His big shtick was The Weasel. Yeah. So, uh... He dressed really colorful. He's super skinny. I guess he would be... I guess, is, is it the MTV generation? Was yeah. that... Because he became popular via MTV, but through his stand-up, he was super skinny, wore bandanas, colorful. He, he had like curly long, hair. curly hair, yeah. and he was the weasel. Yeah. I still don't really know why he was the weasel. I
1: don't I know how to get any munching I, on something.
0: Uh, uh, harshing on your mellows and yeah. stuff... Uh, serious grindage or serious okay. some grindage yeah. uh yeah everything was a um uh extended of the words if it was it was like nature yeah like everything was that pause on certain words not everything
1: not everything he, he was very uh surgical in
0: his uh I'm using that word again his um, comedy yeah uh so he i think rose to fame in the uh late 80s via mtv but then became an actor quote, air quote, actor in 92, like with his big film, which was Encino Man. So it's not even so much the credit. And we could do another hour on how awesome Pauly Shore is. (laughs) Totally. Um, And the end of his career, oddly enough, came in 96, which I think I was just looking him up. So it was just sort of like the year (laughs) Moesha started. So I'm sure there's a way to cross those uh, two two, uh, bridges. It's mostly for someone like Pauly Shore, who was never not called talented. He had his own shtick. Could we, not? Uh, well, us personally, yes, we could. Is there a way for Polly Shore to get back on top? Like Encino Man, Jury Duty, In the Army, all these made money. Son-in-law, yeah. Class Act, all these made, well, Class Act, it was, you know, cameo. But uh, we'll have to go into Kid and Play movies another time. Yeah, but, um, oh, man, that's another show. Oh, kid and Play movies were our best. I think we should, okay, no, we'll go back. 90s. 90s. So Polly Shore... Can I always just think of it like with Corey Feldman being in the news again? You have these career actors that had a had like this run, then they just sort of go away. But they don't really go away. Like Kali Shore still, like I said, I follow him on Snapchat. He still does comedy. He, I mean, if you go to IMDb, he does nothing but work. But he's not, you know, he was in a Hawaii Five O. He was in Workaholics. He was comedy bang bang. So it's like he still stays in the comedy world. But is there a way to bring him back? You think of uh, who was the actor in um, Bad News Bears, uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Uh So, not comparing the two by (laughs) any means. So let's just get that straight. So Jackie Earl Haley was in Bad News Bears. Fucking Google it. um, Yeah, exactly. Had one or two movies and then just sort of fell out because that was the child actors in '70s, '80s were so different than Mm -hmm. late '70s or whatever. But came back with um, – what was the movie uh, Not uh, where he was nominated for – Was it
1: In the Bedroom or
0: something was, like that? It was it Children? It was something – it was like he actually played like a sexual predator right, or something right. like a – We'll
1: have uh, to Google
0: that. Uh, I'll put the trailer up later. So he came back, got Oscar nom, and then all of a sudden he went into like he did uh, – he played Rorschach in um, Watchmen, then he was in the Robocop movie. Like, he has now another career, Yeah. but as an adult, and not starring roles, but, I mean, he's... I mean, although Rorschach in Watchmen was a big role, would it take something like... Would he have to come back as play a sexual predator? Or, like, do, does he his comeback, can it be a comedy, or would it have to be a drama?
1: Um, well, he definitely can't come back like he was, because he was, you know, in the whole, like... Younger, sort of the, uh, that sort of watershed, uh, moment of the MTV VJ, uh, you know, uber popular, uh, persona that he put out there that he sort of, um, helped create today you know paulie shore because he's you know now it's like stunt casting when you in the shows that you mentioned it's like oh yeah let's get paulie shore into this wouldn't it be cool if we just inserted him into this but for him to be like like he said uh, jackie um earl haley earl haley it's like i want to say jackie lee something i don't know what. yeah
0: it, it's just it, his name it's <laughs> not it doesn't roll like you have to i when i'm saying it i'm really thinking through it so i know i'm i'm somewhat hopefully earl haley
1: and then uh, jackie earl haley with that name you know you you know he he should have
0: kept acting right
1: he was in some seedy agent's office (laughs) and jackie earl you got to change your name kid
0: it's (laughs) never gonna work um (laughs) look i can't even get it right it's like i can't get this name to flow right (laughs) exactly
1: i think if if he could do a drama i mean i don't know if Paulie could, like, do a drama to where... I mean, he, he's got to be so good that we got to take off, you and me, the people who actually know who he he is and he was, you got to sort of divorce yourself from that idea of who he is or who he was and just completely dive into, you know, the film and buy into what he's doing. Now, if I see him, you know, on a in a drama now, I'm thinking, you know... You know, harsh Mamello and mellow, yeah. and it. but it, it, you know it, it could be done. I just don't know if he has that. And as far as comedy, I don't know. I think it's sort of like Sherman Hemsley. You know, it's like can can he be good, good pull? Can he be like I know just just these sort of people. Like you talk about, so you talk about the black sitcoms that were on uh, UPN. Moesha. Moesha being one of them. Like Moesha, all of these people use Sherman Hemsley in some capacity
0: yes. where they're like, oh, let's put him in this and let's make it a play on George Jefferson. And he you actually know? ended up having a show on UPN, Sherman Hemsley. What's I'm, I'm going to, I know because I worked for UPN on a show that will go in unnamed right now until I will not feel like I really want to talk (laughs) about it. Uh, Uh, (laughs) But go ahead. Yeah, Sherman, yeah, he was used stunt cast, really. It was just sort of, oh my God, where it was basically the showrunners then hiring Sherman Hemsley would be if we had a show hiring Pauly Shore because we remember him at a certain time. Like those showrunners that were on Moesha were young at that time, you know? So they say they were, say the showrunner on Moesha was... Thirty-four or something like. Well, we'll just randomly say thirty-five. Well, she remembers or he remembers. I didn't have look. Maybe growing up with uh, the Jeffersons, or even seen and like not even growing up per se at the original. Maybe in repeats, the way we saw even where we saw it, and well, like three's Company and Family Ties. It was sort of during when we were growing up, but we remember them a little more in syndication and repeats. So. If we had a show, which we will, like, we would cast someone like Pauly Shore because that's yeah. someone we – it's like, oh, my God, we should bring Pauly Shore. And it's almost like you want to meet that person. So when you're bringing in Sherman Hemsley, it's like, I want to meet Sherman Let's bring him in on our show. So yeah. it like, gives you the chance. Totally. That's totally what it is. Like, the reason why I'm sure Jackie Earl Haley was ca- – I mean, he was great in that movie that we – that goes unnamed right now yeah no totally but i don't know if that person that i don't know if he was cast based on i love that bad news bears let's get him as the kid rapist (laughs) or like uh amen was a show sherman did from nbc oh yeah that was 86 to 91
1: yeah i remember that one i actually you know watched that one it's funny because that was on saturday nights okay i was i think i was too young to be able to go out on saturday nights but i was uh I was watching t v on Saturday nights, I think by that time Golden Girls was on as as well on Saturday night. Now you can't find anybody uh watching t v on Saturday night
0: yeah, know? that I mean maybe yeah like the, the only way you're doing that is if you're home if you're old like I am and married, we might be home Saturday night watching you right. know we're watching a Netflix show we're watching like Luke Cage or maybe we're catching yeah. up on a Penny Dreadful via Netflix like right we're not home Saturday because something's on at eight. Right. We're, or we're coming home from being out and then we watch something on a Netflix or Hulu. Right. So yeah, there's nothing. Oh my God, Saturday we got to watch. I can't even make, I have no idea. I have no idea what shows are on Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't I, either.
1: <laughs> and the, and the reason why the golden girls got canceled, uh, the ratings were really good, but the reason why, uh, it got canceled because the demographic though was too old. And, uh, you know, obviously, it's all about that 18 to 49 to 35 or whatever they, you know, deem uh, is the uh, prime demographic uh, that day. But, you know, people who consumers that, you know, can minds can be changed and swayed, um, they want those people to uh, be able to watch the show.
0: Uh, so even though Golden Girls was highly rated, it, it wasn't the right people. Well, and they also ran, they did a run. Like, yeah. I, I want to say, I'll look it up, but I want to say it was a. a I would say it was over a hundred episodes, and then oh yeah, he had a couple spin-offs, and then it was just sort of we're done. You well, know? People today, you know, I mean,
1: love the show. I'm not. I'm not even talking about like old people. I'm talking about like young people who it's, were maybe. Not even thought about during Man. that, you know, who who weren't even born until like yeah, 10 years later. Love
0: weird it. weird that it's come this resurgence because at the New York Comic Con, which is happening, I think now, I, I saw it on via my Twitter, they actually have Golden Girls action figures. No way. Exclusive to the New York Comic Con because I saw someone going, oh my God, I wish I was there just to get these. Are you and serious? I'm like, what? Really? Why is this? I mean, I remember the Golden Girls. I remember it being funny, but I don't understand. The resurgence of Golden Girls is an odd resurgence, you know. Yeah, action figures? Yeah, and they're just—it's I for, gotta see these. Yeah. They're—they uh, look pretty good, but it's—they're just in a box. I don't—I don't know. It's—it's yeah. uh, it's an odd thing. This resurgence yeah. of—I mean, obviously everything's going to make a resurgence, but that's for. For a New York Comic Con that people are going to get Golden Girls, none of those words go together.
1: Right. <laughs> you say Golden Girls, um, I'm like,
0: I think you may have the wrong event. Yeah. The Sherman Hemsley show, to go back, was called Good Behavior. It was a one-year show. on oh, Good Behavior? Was it like G-O-O-D-E or something yes, like that? was his beat. last name or yeah. something? And Golden Girls, 177 episodes. Wow. So they just sort of... Well, it, it had a... You're right. It had, it a, had run. a run. It but yes, run. it was also how much more even in the sitcom because i mean they they went from uh what, what in the start 85 to 92 so you're skipping into a whole day yeah. you're going into to put it in that terms you're going into the poly Shore world yeah like in 85 you had all these shows and golden girls was sort of a throwback sitcom then of these type of stars that people knew and it was like oh my god there isn't an older demographic show then by the time they're ended, Polly Shore's a star. So, completely different demo. I wish Polly Shore was on Golden Girl.
1: Yeah, see, now that, yeah. <laughs> like, adding him as, like, the name, oh, that would have been totally. I'm the uh, easel. Why is he so totally weird? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that probably would have happened. Hey, we need to add some, you know, youth into this guy That would have been a 91-92, yeah, and he exactly. just sort of
0: wheezes his way in there.
1: He would be the... Uh, you know the one to two episode higher you yeah. know like a nemesis between um uh the b arthur character and and him like right. they have some sort of back and forth that would have gotten so much uh male you know positive male that they would have had to bring him the next season they would have had to bring him on he would have been the urkel of uh <laughs> golden girls is what he would have been <laughs>
0: Oh, that's the best comparison ever. (laughs) You are the
1: Urkel of Golden Girls.
0: And that's probably how they would have sold it to him. Next year, you're going to be the Urkel of Golden Girls. Like, (laughs) great. It's a paycheck, right? Exactly. Yeah, because he would have started off as um, in the retirement community's grandson. Yeah. And then he would have had to move in the next season. Yeah, like the
1: idiot grandson of someone who just, you
0: know. And he uh, just hangs out the whole time.
1: Just doesn't, like, have any reckless disregard for everything, you know, but has a heart, you know? Oh, yeah. you would love him. Yeah, yeah. totally. Everybody's charming. Lovable is charming. Mm-hmm. And he, maybe he charms uh, Rose. Is it Rose? The um, mm-hmm. no, Rose is the, the uh, Betty White character. Blanche, the. Oh, Rue McClanahan.
0: Yeah, yes. Like, yeah. The, yeah.
1: You know, she would have sort of, like, been entranced with him in some sort of creepy way, but it, funny.
0: In and a lot of. Way. If I was younger. Yeah, you know exactly. Want those yeah, things that and- that whole thing.
1: B Arthur, but B the scenes between B Arthur and him probably would have been uh, not no pun intended golden. You know? Yeah, I mean it's just like I can imagine like the play off of each other they could do. Yeah, you know, and and what's what's good about it's has completely gone off the rails. Uh, but what's good about Golden Girls and why I think there's a resurgence and why people who know nothing of golden girls who are just introduced to it um are loving it and i like you know i have a friend who wasn't even born during that time and she's like i'm just i do marathons you know golden girls i just watch all the time and i'm like do you even know what it is you didn't even know what it was until like like the last year right um but these four (laughs) actors were so good that a lot of times, and their characters were so well written, um, that all you had to do was, like, we talk about cutaways and um, reaction shots. All you had to do was, like, like someone would say a line, and then you would cut away to uh, the, the mom. The, mm-hmm. Sophia. Sophia, yeah. You cut away to Sophia, and you knew what she would say before she said it, and then everyone would laugh before she even said it. And so she, like, holds her tongue for a bit, waits for the laughter... Right. And then she boom zings it, and yeah, then they laugh. Yeah, because
0: you're playing off the the live studio audience, which yeah. will soon be sweetened later. But so it's like they cut to it. You're waiting for the swell, and just yeah. And do you think things like Golden Girls or Frasier or these shows that are sort of
1: like everybody loves Raymond
0: was like that? And yeah, exactly. And do you think they get hit a resurgence? Like Golden Girls still is a little weird. It's not, not discounting. I like the show, and I've yeah. seen one recently, and it holds up for. Yeah. What it was then and to now. Totally. Do you think because you can binge shit now? Like you can go on I don't I have no idea. Maybe it's on Hulu, I don't know if it's on Netflix or if it's on its own app. You can go and watch 20 episodes of Golden Girls right now. Even 10 years ago, you would have to sort like someone would have to go, "Oh my god, I'm really into Golden Girls. I found the DVDs." Like and I don't know how much like now you can like talk about it going, "Oh my god, I'm binging Golden Girls." And someone's like, "Oh my god." And then you can just hit a button and watch it. Yeah. Like I feel like now you can definitely for some reason have a resurgence of golden girls and
1: i I think you're right you know it's it's sort of at your fingertips you know it's in your pocket you know you could put on your phone on your uh surface on your ipad on anything yeah you know and you can call it up right now yeah you know um a lot of times it's on youtube yeah and it's just goes to show you what's good is good you know exactly it's just I mean, yeah, I mean, I was, I don't know how old I was when Golden Girls was, was around, but, you know, here's four old ladies and had really nothing to do with my life at the time, but but I knew that it was funny because the relationships and the characters were so well drawn that, um, you know, I felt like I was there in their house and, you know, we were sort of taking a glimpse into you know, what happened, and we knew that, you know, there were certain archetypes that were in the house. There was the the slutty old, uh, you know, woman in the room. McClanahan. Mm-hmm. There was this the um, the idiot. There was the idiot and, and Betty White, who I've worked with, who was amazing. Um, and uh, name drop and yeah. <laughs> and
0: uh, you had Dorothy, who was just. I guess with the moral center, yeah, probably, moral or like the voice of reason.
1: Right. Playing a, a sort of a version of her mod character. Right. But definitely, you know, like you said, the moral center and the one that sort of like kept everyone together. Right. Also the tallest of, yeah. of them all. And you had um, Sophia, who was the wisecracking, you know, filterless, you know, mom. Right. You know, who, who was out there. You know, who... who uh, basically from
0: all the comedy that was going around she was a comedy relief right and it's basically you could just say it's like it's what they did was smart they're like we want facts of life not exactly that show but it was the first thing that popped in my head yeah we want facts of life but old because you can take each one of those characters are in a facts of life or um An empty nest, or like you can pick any of those sitcoms at that time. Empty nest, same night, yeah. Uh, It's just basically like you said you have the moral center smart person, you have the dumb person, you have the slutty person, and the wise crapping mom or grandma. Yeah. That's in everything now. They just decided, what if they're older? And you could still, in 85, B. Arthur still had some. And basically, it was, like, for that crowd that was watching stuff on Saturday now. Like, the older crowd was like, I grew up with Maude and Betty yeah. White and Rue was on a bunch of things. I don't know what her main breakout role was or something in yeah. Estelle Getty. But they they were smart. They just took those same character tropes they do in every show. Yeah, or like, what if they're old? You know? And, they, and did the exact same jokes. Because, yes, there were probably a joke every episode where it's like, well, at my age, it's not easy to do this. But other than that they just treated it and that's probably why it worked they just treated regular people they yeah. weren't treating them as older people they just happened to be older yeah
1: like every now and then you would get a my age and i can't do that anymore and you know uh blanche why are you sleeping around at this age and for the most part yeah these were pretty i'll say vibrant you know uh people you know wow. um you know, the set even was a little... Like, it was Florida, so they made sure it didn't look, You know, it looked of that time. So, I think that played in... Uh, that uh, place. so it played into it. But I think that a lot of it was you saw four actors at the top of their game playing off each other. It's four, like... Like, if you had... For those four people, like, if you had them on one show, like, mm-hmm. you had a bunch of... <clears throat> I'm not going to say middle of the road, but some people who are not as advanced as their career, mm-hmm. you know, as you often do in
0: sitcoms. Yeah, because you're basically getting unknowns for the yeah. most part, just because you want them cheap and to yeah. run their lives.
1: And then you have some the adult in the room, you know, one of those four actresses yeah. who on the show, and that's great. But this time you had like, basically you had like a super team. Right. You know, you had like the Golden State Warriors where you're like, oh, you know, Kevin Durant and... Steph Curry and all these guys where everyone's saying, well, it's it's not even fair now. You know, you have four, like, people at the top of their game. You have one in, like, who's not even as old as she is you know, right. playing. And I didn't even know that the whole time. I mean, I was a kid, but I didn't even know that as a yeah, whole Yeah,
0: that, that was, like, one of those weird trivia things that came out a couple years later that the one playing the oldest was the youngest of the group. Yeah. And I was like, that's... That was before internet. So that yeah. was fascinating at the time. Totally. Because I would have known that now. Yeah, you're right. It was pre-internet. Yeah, so we didn't, yeah, I didn't know.
1: Yeah, I, didn't, I totally didn't know. I was like,
0: really? I had no idea. And going into that show, when I watched it, I knew mm-hmm. who B. Arthur and Betty White were. Based yeah. on just growing up and watching right. TV. Rue McClanahan, I think, might have been when kind of vaguely know her but i yeah and I, was still get right. it. I didn't, really didn't know. know at all she was like new to me and it was like who's this new person yeah. you mean the person been acting for 50 years yes, like, oh, i'm exactly. sorry i'm let's see 85 i was 12 or something yeah, so exactly. uh but it's weird I, like, I guess other than i was trying to think of like there's i don't know if you could could you do a sitcom like golden could you just do golden girls now like if you're doing recognition name recognition say golden girls like we're doing golden girl i mean like if we're recasting. making and recasting it now like it, i think you just have to be smarter because like there's shows like grace and frankie which is an older demographic yeah. and it's also netflix they don't care about hitting that 18 to 49 or 45 number you yeah know? it's like hey we're show. i mean once again grace and frankie i guess is the golden girls of now you have two people right. that were huge and still name recognition mm-hmm. like i mean jane fonda and lily tomlin are Martin Sheen and... I mean, screw it. They've already done it. Golden Girls is Grace and Frankie. Everyone watch Grace and Frankie. There it is. (laughs) Done. That was so... That was so easy. But I guess that would be... That's the only way you could do that show now. Yeah, I think that... Even on CBS, which is the sitcom hub.
1: Yeah, and skews older. Um, I think that, yeah... That's the only way they would make that show if it was like, you know, Martin Sheen, Jane Fonda, Lily Tom, you know, Sam Waterson. I mean, you just have to have you know, because they know what it is, they know what the audience is probably gonna be. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to uh buy into the fact that this may be may snag a eighteen to forty nine demographic and CBS would be the network to do it because they uh skew older. Right. You know. Um but I think
0: that they probably wouldn't be comfortable making it unless those people. Yeah, and I don't. You're not getting the current cast of Grace and Frankie to do a CBS show the way. No. Where you had B. Arthur, like those were the A players. Basically, for the most part, it's almost the same popularity. Although Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin were massive when this show was on, when Golden Girls, but mm-hmm. it's sort of the same theory. Is B. Arthur was huge. And then came back to TV. I mean, even though she was always in TV, it's like yeah. you got these people who Right at your age. She was
1: Byartha was a good get. Yeah. Beartha was like, wow, you got Biartha to be in your show, like to commit to the whole twenty two, probably them, probably twenty six episode order. And wow, that was a that was a pretty, pretty big deal. And then all these other um, actresses too, well Betty White and then uh, who had done a bunch of TV
0: before. But mm. it's just
1: I mean, I, I don't know if, if this can be done again. You're right. because Without,
0: I mean, the Netflix model works because you got the top tier talent. And you could have, I mean, there are so many other older actors that are probably close in their age that you can get. They've all been guest stars on the show now. But yeah. like you could have top heavied that show in a way for Netflix, making it more of a smart comedy and not... There is a few old jokes in it, but it's mostly just about their lives, which kinda how Golden Girls was. But I don't know if you could have done it unless you cast it with just other sitcom stars from maybe the eighties or nineties. Like yeah. you would have had to they would have also skewed it younger. Like they would have been maybe living in Florida, but they would probably be fifty. Yeah. Not sixty or seventy.
1: Yeah, I think that they <clears throat> seem to be be scared of that. Um, and they would ultimately have to be some sort of young person that's a part of the cast just because you know it's all about marketing and they would want to get some uh of that demographic you know they would probably want to diversify the cast too to get you know as broad of an audience as they that they can you know um back when golden girls was out you know it wasn't as much of a business as it is today you know they gave shows a chance. Uh more often back then, um, a lot of the production companies own shows mm-hmm. and so that's the way you can make a, a lot of cash and then they got smart and sort of like now all the studios or the networks are have the studios and, and they're owning, you mm-hmm. know, all the shows. So that, that model, you know, is is changed a lot. Um, you know, I remember when uh West Wing was out, and Martin Sheen was on TV. Right. I was like, well, how did they get Martin Sheen to do it? And it was like, well, they pitched it to him. Like, well, he he didn't want to. He wasn't going to commit to you know uh, working you know every day on a TV show, so. They said, you know, smartly, like you're really going to have to work one week per month and we'll write it so that, you know, it's really about these other characters. And like you'll just sort of come in every now and then on the show. But, you know, we'll be mindful of your schedule and uh, you only have to work, you know, so often. Well, I would assume like whereas in a Netflix show that, you know, there's sort of a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Where these actors will work because all of them are in the same boat. They're not, you know, they're not going to um, commit to some 22
0: episode. You know, right. With or, that, it's like, here's we'll do 13. Yeah, we'll do 13 and sort of the same thing. And and that's the thing. It's like with these hour shows like West Wing, like you're saying, you could work Martin Sheen one to two days a week. And it would feel like like if it, say that was a five day shoot, it would probably it was probably a six day shoot. West Wing, six or seven day. Probably uh seven days, yeah. So two of those seven days he probably worked. And if you watch the show, you probably think in your head he was in the whole show. Well, he kind of was. Yeah. Maybe a meeting in the beginning, a walk and talk in the hallway, a wrap up. It's like oh my god, he's in every frame. Yeah. Think about it again. No, he was in two minutes, but. A key two minutes or even a key five minutes yeah. is all you really need.
1: No, totally. And you could you could even say cross board, but you could you could sort of like get, you know, I mean, just depending on where you're shooting, you could get, uh, you don't have to necessarily be shooting, you know, one episode at a time, right. you know, so you can get,
0: you know, multiple things, just maximize his time. And they could have too. Like when you overlap, when you finish that seven days, say on a Tuesday and Wednesday is your next episode, he could shoot maybe – Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And he's already like got everything from the previous episode and mm-hmm. then he's done. Yeah. So it's like you're probably doing two episodes a week. Or every other week or however it like yeah. your schedule would break down.
1: No, totally. And and it was it was smart because yeah, I kind of felt like he was really integrated into that show. Yes, it was mostly about the other the, the staff and, and and the other characters. But it wasn't like you know i felt like wow the president's nowhere around this kind of feels kind of off and sort of you know dishonest that you know just like people just running i had the run of the white house without the president in there um i mean the thing is the benefit that you have in that story is that he can always be away doing stuff he can always be
0: traveling. you know there's a bottle episode where they're talking about okay he's in england right now we need to think about when he comes back for this other thing so right. you're just talking about the other shit that's going on yeah he can be yeah being a president yeah he has his thing yeah and they're going to talk about they can even bring it up oh my god did you hear what he said and they might even have like maybe a tv insert we had him a half yeah. a, not even a half a day we shot yeah. that two weeks ago exactly. of him and then just comped it in
1: and that's and that's what they did you know and and it's, that's brilliant um and they, they do that today where they you know because TV has the quality of TV has increased so much that you know a lot of people want to do TV but they uh, you know they don't want the time commitment there and so you just kind of make it work I know um, Viola Davis with How to Get Away with Murder she said I I will do it but I will only do 13 episodes I won't do a whole order because I have a movie career that right. I have to get to so you know, normally, you know, uh, back in the day, they would say, Psh, no, yeah. we need her for the whole thing. We'll get someone else. And, uh, you know, because they wanted her, I'm sure Shonda Rhimes wanted her. Um, They're like, okay. And so you'll just figure out programming, you know, for the rest, yeah. you know, figure out what you're going to do. And they, and, they, and they do. And they know that the model has been destroyed now. There's no more, you know, fall season, right. you know. Um, uh, the the model is 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 totally changed. You know, I mean the on demand TV. You know, it is so great because I don't have to be somewhere. I don't have to be pissed because I missed. You know, a show I can watch it any time now, <laughs> whenever know? I want. Exactly, and you know it's great. You know, you can binge it. You know, you could miss a whole season and just finish the season up in like a, a couple of days.
0: You know, it's it's um. And see if you even like it. Yeah. You can sit there, it's like, I've heard okay things. You get three in, I'm good. Yeah. Man. Totally. And you you didn't waste three weeks going, All right, I'm out. Man, I have three weeks. I'm coming at eight o'clock on Thursday, and here I am, not yeah. liking this show.
1: And now it's like, if you do come up on a show where you're watching it live in its season, and like the next show is a week away, there's part of me that goes, Really?
0: Like, you guys can just, why can't I binge it? You know? I, I do not get so spoiled. I do like I get it for network because we've done network and it's hard. Yeah. But like uh, I just started watching um, the second season of Ash versus the Evil Dead on Stars. And that's when I do it. I did, I watched the first one live because I really wanted to see the season. I probably won't watch it again for three weeks until I can watch at least two because it's a half hour. It's like I want to power through and not power through, like I just want to watch them because I think the show is great. Yeah. But I'm also like. Really, stars? Yeah. Like with any with age, with things, you could just put them on. Right. You could just put them all on. Like network, I get. You would have to start so much earlier to get your twenty two bingeable. You know, like right now, I think they're starting to shoot The Punisher for Netflix, and it doesn't premiere until like next fall. But I'm okay with that because I'll be able to watch all thirteen of them. Uh, but yeah, with Asher's or Evil or Dead, it's like I'm with you. It's like, oh my god, I saw it. Why can't I watch the next one? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I remember that uh, the night of when that when it came out, oh, yeah, um, it was one of those things where I was I was my only relationship with that show before I watched it was Billboards. So I was like the night of, I was like the night of. That's just just the title was like kind of weird. Right, like I didn't even know it was an HBO show. I was like, what is this thing? And then I think I heard somebody talk about it and said that it was good. And I was at that point looking for something to watch mm-hmm. that you know. People recommend it. I don't. I don't want to waste my time watching something. Right. And so I, it felt like I'd seen the billboard so long
0: <laughs> that it had to be available. It like it the, got ingrained in your yeah. head. It's like I have to see yeah. this. Yeah.
1: And it's like by now, like I'm sure all of the episodes are online because that's yeah. what I wanted to do. I just wanted to, <clears throat> to binge through it if I liked it. And I go to the you know HBO and I watch the first one. And I look at the you know the queue, and I'm like, wait, is that? This is the only one. Like, right. Why isn't everyone
0: up? The billboard's been on for like months. Yeah, and it's it's weird because you're just. It's like you want to just hit that button. Yeah. It's like yeah, where's the, oh. And I'm like, and I looked at. it, It's like
1: oh, ne- next week. Oh, I've 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 got in on the beginning of it. it <sighs> I wish I, like, got it on, like, episode seven or something. Right. Okay, well, I can watch these and wait a week. But now I, like, have to every week watch it, you know, and, you know, be like, you know, Friday after work, like, okay, like, this Sunday I'm going to watch the show again. And we can talk about it. Which, you know, it's part of the television I like. You know, you can yeah. talk about it with people and, um, and get opinions and stuff like that. It, I was kind of, like, annoyed <laughs> that I couldn't watch every one of them not that they were done because i know that in cable it's not necessarily the case but i know on the show i did for hbo everything was done well before it aired so they could have put up you know uh all of them at once right uh it's like why didn't they just do that why can't they break down like you know at a certain point it's pro the model's probably gonna break down to where they're gonna have to put everything up at once so I because think, that's what Netflix is doing
0: and it's like I get it it's like if you're CBS you can't that's your model like right. that's your advertising dollar but if I'm going to HBO like say I'm paying for HBO I just want to watch the show it's like just put it up yeah like what do you losing people are still going to be watching right hbo it's like i'm still going to watch it i just might not watch it all in one night it's weird we're like spoiled and now used to it yeah it's like i just want to watch why can't i watch the night of we have to wait next week i won't remember yeah Hit record i'm not going to do that
1: <laughs> and it's like yeah it's like oh then i have to push record. i mean back in the day mm-hmm. like before all this if I said, Rob, you know, if you push for, you know, DVR this thing, you know what DVR was, but you're like, hey, if you record this, yeah. this show, you know, you could watch it whenever you wanted to. And it's smart so that you can tell it to record this show. So even if the network, you know, decides that they want to move it, it will still record it and you can watch it whenever you wanted mm-hmm. to. And you'd be like wow that's great now it's like well now I gotta record the thing and I gotta find time to watch it and I, yeah,
0: I feel more bogged yeah. down with the recorder it's yeah. like I'd rather just like go to Netflix like right now we're uh, we're sort of binging uh, Penny Dreadful which was on yeah. Showtime I think yeah. and they have all three seasons I don't know if they're in another which is kind of weird it's like we're watching a current show we think not sure if they're going to another season I know nothing about it other than it was on Showtime I'm, I'm just watching it we're just watching it. it's like how many seasons no idea just moving forward yeah do you want to know is it third the last one yeah. or oh okay that's fine i mean we're in the we're halfway through second season okay And yeah. i'm fine if it's done in third great yeah you know what it is it means i can move on to another goddamn yeah. show yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly like i only knew like we started because we had heard good things it would be almost like if someone's like you start watching house bringing up some old movie yeah, yeah. For john over here uh, <laughs> i'll start watching huh? Oh, they did like eight y- no not gonna do it i can't go back for some things like for like yeah i'll do it like on some like with penny dreadful knowing i th- thought they were, at the time uh, there were only two up on netflix i was like all right if they do three we'll keep up if we like it yeah but anytime someone goes it's like oh why don't you invest in lost no i'm good like they did too much of a run now i feel like i've yeah. already missed that boat right uh especially for an hour like an
1: hour long it's hard although i do tell uh, Proselytize for The Wire. I, I tell everybody to go I know, that. I haven't watched The Wire um, yet. It is the greatest thing. I mean, I, I come to a lot of stuff reluctantly. Like, I definitely came to The, the Wire. Mm-hmm. And I, I promise this won't be an hour long. <laughs> but this
0: I is came. where everyone at the end will watch The Wire. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I, I came to it reluctantly because, A, it was a cop show, which I, I'm not big on. And then it was took place in Maryland, which I'm from. And I was like, ah, Maryland and a cop show? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I, no thanks. So for years, I just, I, I refused to. And, you know, people come up to you. Strangers will come up to you. Oh, you got to watch The Wire. Like, I'd be talking. Like, a friend of mine would be saying, oh, you got to watch The Wire. And then some, some guy would be walking down <laughs> and he would turn and get into our conversation. Oh, yes, it's the greatest thing ever. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. I'm like, first of all, dude. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Yeah, exactly. And this
0: is a private conversation. Exactly.
1: <laughs> And so finally, I was like, "All right, I'll watch it and and i was I was blown away just because it was probably the best writing I've ever ever seen on t v There was also like I was working on a show actually one hour, and some hot writers, this brother brother team they um they kept talking about it, and they were like, "Wow, he's like one of them was like, "I think this is the best drama ever oh. and then They all had like DVDs of like The Wire, and they were passing it around like crack. Yeah, all of the, all these like, I got a wire. You got a wire. I need a wire. Do you do you have a wire? I have a wire. I have a wire. Do you have a wire? And I was like, wow, this is. I need to watch this show. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're like tapping veins for the wire. Um, and I'm like, I'm sure if this is sure you beat me into submission. Yeah, I will watch it, and so I did, and you know it means something different to me because i'm from there and some of the accents and some of the jargon that's on there is actually real and me doing a lot of research which i like to do into the creator and how it was done and who was writing i mean it's just i mean i could i could talk forever but it's just it's 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 amazing you know this is a very unconventional uh, writing staff of journalists and crime novelists you know, um that making a crime drama you know on t v and it sort of plays like a novel you okay know? and it's five seasons, like there are certain things that you'll see in first season that may come back in the fourth season, and small, just small, just right. small thing, but it does a great job of creating a world where you feel like I know where I am, I know the city, I know these characters, and it's sprawling, it's just a sprawling kind of oh. thing, and so that's my whole thing on the wire i could i could, I could tell you it is 60 episodes and, I, and it's that's a, the thing i'm looking at a, it now it's, it's 60 commitment. it's a commitment
0: you know? it is but it, once again i guess i mean you do one season at a time they're what 12 episodes so it's like yeah all right i could i could slow burn into a i, into I would a say i would
1: say do one season at a time and the good thing about the seasons is that they each have a theme to them okay they're all like Connected, but they each have a theme to him, to them, and each uh, highlight a different part of that city. So oh. it's like one contained season does give you a, a totally new perspective on that city oh. with that chari- with those characters. Oh, and that's some, interesting. And some new characters, and literally there are about a hundred characters in the show, and I could like name all of them. That's how good, well drawn, like the the characters are. You know, it's not like, well, can't really name them all, but they literally like, I like went down the line. Mm-hmm. There's like on the HBO page, there was like a, a sort of photo array of all the characters, and it was about, I care, it was like 85 of them. And still I was like, but they forgot about this person, this person, this person, this person. Yeah yeah. I binge watched it and I watched it over and over. But I think that anyone else who just like watched it once could really tell you who these who these people
0: are. And I thought I did a good job of of, of that. Yeah, the only thing I know about the wire is Omar's coming. That's That's a big part of it. That's all I know. Anyone who talks anytime I overhear that, I know it's from the wire never seen that scene yeah i don't know who actually says those words or if it's multiple people Uh but i know people omar's coming yeah and i'm like well that must be something really big because that's the only thing (laughs) we'll ever talk about is omar coming i mean just
1: omar alone (laughs) may or may may not be doing a show with omar uh uh right now but um but he his character that character like you'll never see that character anywhere else. i mean it's just I, I mean, I'm not going to say wh- uh, anything else about it. But, yeah, that's another thing. Like, there's so many other things, but that's a big one where you go.
0: If you say that, Omar's mm-hmm. coming, that's it. You're you excited. Know. You're actually going to leave the podcast probably watch A Wire. You're going to go home and go, I you know. Might,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might. I um, might. It's funny because, like, David Simon, the creator of The Wire, came to USC. Mm-hmm. And um, he came to to do a talk. And this was the time where the fifth season – was coming out. Okay. And I had watched A Frame. <laughs> and so he was coming with the, I think they did it 10 episodes that year. So he was coming with the ninth episode. Okay. You know, in the theater and he was going to screen it. And I had that little dilemma like, ah, okay, I haven't seen any of this show. Right. This is like every sort of show, there's some sort of bombshell, there's some sort of thing that like ripples down the line. So a lot probably has happened up to that point mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna know it's gonna be a complete spoiler but i said when is the next time i'm gonna go and meet right davidson and I hear him and at talk. that point
0: it wasn't like you were just watching one and going i don't want the whole series to yeah so at that point you're like i'm never watching this yeah or i may or may not ever get around to it how am i gonna do it? go buy dvds not like i can hit a button and right. watch this <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> at that point so i went obviously uh-huh. but the the sort of um the email that they sent out mm-hmm. advertising this event, you know, it was like, hey, we're going to have David Simon. He's coming to Norris Theater, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the email, uh, after his, the guy's signature, he says, Omar coming. Oh. And I'm like, I know he's a fan. And, yeah. and every everyone who is a fan would know what that meant. Wow. Um. So when you said that, you know, that made me think of that. Uh, what a
0: great episode that was um, of Omar coming,
1: of Omar <laughs> coming. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the Omar coming episode.
0: Unless Omar's Polly Shore, I'm going to be sorely disappointed in <laughs> <laughs> the joke wire uh, series. That would be. Uh, Polly Shore could be. Omar. Could that have been to wrap up our conversation about Polly Shore, which has been nothing about Polly Shore? Yes. <laughs> the wire at the time could Polly Shore have been in. in played detective. I have no idea. I didn't see the show. Obviously he's not gonna be Omar, but that would have been a great reveal. You know But he, could that have been the show that maybe put him he still does his stand up, he can still do his stand up, but like maybe make people go, putting him in a movie now.
1: I there in season two. Okay. He could have been a character there. people who know the wire would know what I'm talking about. In season two he definitely could have been a character
0: like, yeah, no, he's not the main guy. He, like, he's he, an arc. He definitely
1: could have... Even though the guy who played this this character I'm thinking about was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, this Pauly Shore would have been sort of this fuck-up, you know, sort of character. He okay. could he could have played him. He'd had to bring some dramatic acting to it. Like, acting. He would have, he would have not done
0: any of his grindage or, you know, no, any no. of that. He could have just been... Pauly Shore goes in.
1: But if he... If he did this, if he were in this role, like that would be like, yeah, he he would get a lot of. He would have gotten a couple more
0: that. more things. Totally, totally. So, do you think it's easier than for someone say like Feldman to we'll put Feldman in this camp, even though completely two different people? Yeah, would that is it better because Feldman's kind of known for his light comedy. We're talking early '80s or mid to late '80s, like Polly Shore. Is it easier for them to be? then recognized again in a drama than, say, a comedy movie, even if it was a Judd Apatow movie. Because if Polly Shore is Judd Apatow or whatever, say, a new Judd Apatow movie, he's probably going to be Poly Shore or a version of Polly Shore. Judd's I, not going to like... See, I, I don't think Judd's going to go outside the box and go, well, I wanted Paul Rudd, but I'm going to use Polly Shore in, the say, the dad role or something. I think Poly Shore is going to be used as Polly Shore. I can see Apatow using... that That's a great... Yeah, I can
1: see Apatow... Doing wonders for Pauly Shore. And just utilizing him just right so that, you know, he's sort of indoctrinated or sort of reinserted into a sort of comedy super troop. I mean, as you know, in comedy, this sort of this... How do I explain it? There are not many good, really good comedic actors out there. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see, like, all these comedians like in the same all these same comedians in all these different shows and like the cast are basically made up of the same cast of another show uh, and the same cast of another show right is because to find a really really good comedic actor is actually really really difficult Mm -hmm. so to put together these shows um especially like in pilot season as you know like it's hard to get actors in pilot season really good actors because they get snatched up really quickly right and so if you have an ensemble cast say for instance like the office where you got to have a bunch of different really good character comedic actors mm-hmm. together it's really hard to get that thing together when you are trying to cast that in a season where everybody's trying to like get actors for their show yeah um so they're always going to be like these shows that have you know the same actors i mean there's shows now where you know one actor is doing like three different shows right yeah like, wait a minute didn't she, didn't she on that one and that one and that one because the the talent is just not out there uh, like
0: it is in drama in drama you can get away with it a little more
1: yeah um uh because so, you can
0: mold a drama differently yeah. than a, a comedy has to play as comedy like you right. can someone can be i think sculpted into a serious or a drama actor as right as opposed to you can't just sculpt someone into a comedic role.
1: Not at all. It's very difficult. So Paulie Shore, though, Apatow is really good at sort of utilizing actors in these ensemble casts and uh in ways that, you know, are memorable and that, you know, other people are looking at them and, you know, they get work from there. I think that that may be the answer. Uh, someone like Apatow doing... um you know, putting inserting Pauly Shore in just the right role. Like, I don't think Pauly Shore is going to be in like a Tarantino movie, and and you know, springboard you know a uh, uh, second career from that. Just because, I'm right. not like Travolta. I just think it's. I just think that it's. People think well for Tarantino movie, which is sort of specific. He was okay for that you know he may have played some like drug lord or something like that you know some lurid crazy drug lord but do i really want you know paulie shore in my movie but i think comedically he could probably do something like a best friend or something in an apatow movie that you know uh and then show some heart yeah he could do that then i think he could you know branch out and do some more stuff as far as multi cams though if you were to Go into the sitcom world. I think the uh, sort of the comparison that I would have to make, or the person that he would probably be shooting, the uh, person's career that he would
0: be shooting for, would be someone like Joey Lawrence. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't not even the name I thought we <laughs> were going to say. And at I was all. I'm
1: going to say another name. I'm just trying to think of it. Uh, Matt LeBlanc. Okay. Yeah. Someone where you know. I don't know. Matt LeBlanc looks like he's just enjoying the fact that he's in another show. I think he has even a new show coming out. You know, he's still sort of relevant, and you know they keep paying him money. You know, and his compete his uh contemporaries at on Friends aren't really tearing it up out there right now. You know, Mur, with their yeah. own shows, so <clears throat> he's the guy as far as sitcoms is concerned is is out there doing stuff. Same with Joey Lawrence is doing some, you know, show where he's like, "Hey, I'm top dog here." Uh, they're gonna make you know three thousand of these, you know, the Tyler Perry model, and that's it, you know, and I and I'm good, I'm good here. Like I don't think that we can
0: expect Pauly Shore to be like lighting it up. You mean like? <clears throat> The Joey Lawrence model would be definitely like so. Then he would do like a ABC Family, which I guess is Freeform now, or maybe Nickelodeon or uh, a Disney Channel. Like he's playing the dad, well, or I think the uncle in a show where he's not the star. He's he, he's a name, but you know he's he's the uncle that's always there, or he's the husband to maybe the wife's the actual star of the show.
1: Like I think he can be. I think well, yeah, I think he can be the dad. He can do the whole, you
0: know, uh, what is that Tim Allen show? The, the new, new one, one, which is going in its like fourth season or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's 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 a Home Improvement too. Yeah, he's exactly. a Home Improvement too because that's exactly what it is. That's
1: what they wanted. But you know, I think you know you could put Pauly Shore in that role, um, the lead role. It has to
0: be on like family or. You know, um, I'm not going to say Nickelodeon, but something. Yeah, I know. It's it's like I don't know a lot of those like yeah. like the Disney Channel type shows where yeah. these things live for five to ten years. Like, and-
1: the, like the Disney Channel. I don't want to bring up the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon because he would kill there. Like he would be top dog there. Right. But I don't think that that's where he would want to go. I don't think that that's where we would – if we're talking about a resurgence – I don't know if that's a resurgence. Like, he could work on those networks forever. But as far as like getting out into the mainstream, I think you would have to insert him in there as like the the Uncle Jesse or the, you know, some sort of, you know, like you said, like uh, sort of a a supporting character who brings in that comedy relief, who you know who that character is, but he's just part of the troupe. He's part of the family. Right. I don't think he's. I don't know if he's got the chops to be, and I'm saying I don't know, maybe he does, to be uh, the, the, the main character. And if he does, great, but I don't know if they'd take a chance on that. And just the name recognition. Does he go Paul Shore? You know.
0: Does he not knock off Pauly? Well, If he does Paul Shore, he's got to do drama then. Yeah. <laughs> like Ricky Schroeder went to Rick Schroeder? That's true. So he goes Rick. Paul Shore. And then he did he did drama. Yeah. So... Maybe that's it. Paul Schroeder. It just sounds weird. Yeah, it like, does. Paul Schroeder, and you picture him, you're like, yeah. no, you're Paul.
1: You're Paul. Yeah, he's like, dude, you're Paulie.
0: Like, you know Rick Shore like, whatever, Ricky. You know? yeah. It was like the minute I was like, I'm Rick Schroeder. Whatever. You know what you could
1: do is you could,
0: like, a two and a half men. Uh, I don't know. Is that over? I don't know. Uh, it's it, it, it been over for a long time, but I think it ended last year. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Say it went on. Okay. Kutcher was like, you know what? I'm getting back to movies or whatever he's doing right i'm out you could put paulie show in that role but i would want him to be the grindage the guy you know he could be the
0: old guy doing the grindage and the weasel and doing that um, right but does he say or for the example like uh if you don't know george lopez um has a show on tv Land called lopez yeah. i mean yeah why not right he plays just a version of himself does Pauly then play a version of him? So does he get a show called Shore, where he lives in a beach house? I mean, how do you not? Polly Shore, it's called Shore. Lives he's at a beach house. He's Pauly. Sure. And then, you know, he just plays a version of himself. Like, but he's a little more you know, normal, but like he has to be the weasel sometimes. So he,
1: he can he can always, I think, do the James Vanderbeek thing that
0: Oh on when I did Farm of
1: Twenty Three, yeah. He was Vanderbeek Vanderbeek was was great on that. Bomb. I mean he was like and I told him, I said, dude, your takes Like he you don't realize it, but they had him doing some really
0: difficult stuff in that show. Um, that shows how good he was though because there's a thing of just playing a version of yourself where you're like I'm just sort of more outspoken it was like he he enjoyed it like if you watch that it's like he ate up the fact that he was playing a version of himself yeah.
1: no no absolutely and he was like really good and so I looked at the takes of the stuff that they kind of because it's such a uh, quirky show they had him do some stuff that was kind of really difficult and every take, he would just nail it. Yeah. Every take. And so, I told him that. You know, he's just a very humble, oh, you know, just putting it back on me. Oh, but Post. Post is great. Post is awesome. And I'm like, no, I'm just saying, you're, you're. I'm just not blowing smoke. I'm yeah. like, you are really, really good. You know, if
0: you weren't, I probably wouldn't say it. I wouldn't be talking to you right <laughs> exactly. now, honestly, because I'd feel more awkward that I'm near you. Right. And I feel like I have to say something positive about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Exactly. But no, he, I mean, i loved being able to say look i mean you every th- every take you were awesome and he's just a very humble guy you know family guy um very nice guy you know nothing like that you know guy right. on, on apartment 23 thankfully well but
0: you wouldn't know. you have uh, sort of respect him if that was really no no no, no actually you know you would have been like <laughs> hey what a train wreck but but uh
1: <laughs> but no he's uh he, he's very very great gracious humble guy um it was great to great to see that, but it's great to see as an actor. You know, I really respect him as an actor that he can flip that and just go right in on whatever they were asking of him because yeah. it's a lot. It's a big ask
0: to say, okay, you're playing yourself, and this is the version of yourself. Yeah, you're going to be and known as James flat-out. Vanderbeek. Yeah, like you're going on the show. Not you're not playing James. You know, Smith, which we as an actor, that's you, but you're right. playing James Vanderbeek. Yeah. But an extreme version, so it's not even like taking switching his name up. It's you're going to be known as James Vanderbeek in the show. Yeah, but I think I think that's he pulled it off where you knew he was winking through it. Yeah, like it was just so over the top. But even as a viewer, you knew it's like this is hilarious. Right, I know that's not him because it could have come off like holy shit. That feels like that's probably him. Right, no, no,
1: definitely, and um, yeah, but he does play it like you. I know that's not him. And then actually, when you meet him in person, it's like, oh, that's definitely not him. But, uh, but damn, good for him to to be able to do that. Yeah, for I sure. I wonder how
0: it would have been though, like, because that show did two seasons. Imagine if it had it done five. Do you think it would have just like three more seasons of twenty two? Um, it would still would have worked, but I think that show definitely worked in its thirteen episode,
1: yeah, uh, chunks. Yeah, I, th- I think it was like it, it was it was a lot though. Show that show was uh. It was really ambitious comedy-wise, and I think it was sort of ahead of the showrunner was great. It was her first show, but like she sort of was one of those people who was like sort of light years ahead of mm-hmm. everyone in the room, and so it was hard, you know, for anybody to really do anything uh, initially without her blessing because her comedy is so specific. Like she has it fresh off the boat. It's just, she's, she's got like a, let's say it. She's got like a, the well, the comedy well is exactly. deep. So yeah. she, she's, and she's like, she's not old. Like she, her, her stuff is like, she's young and, and, and like, she wants it to be like vibrant and she wants to sort of buck the system and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, <clears throat> I still say something. It's, uh. It was one of those things where, you know, you, you knew, I knew that it was, like, sort of a special talent um, that was emerging mm-hmm. uh, there, and, uh, you know, it, it's no surprise to me that, you know, she just goes far, you know, really, really quickly, because she's she's sort of, you know, hum- humble, but she's got a... So down to earth. So down to earth, but she's she's, she's, she's just, like, like I said, she's,
0: like, ahead of everybody you know definitely Uh, which is great yeah i think uh going from apartment from what i remember is like it was all her to went on off the boat it was her but she had support which i think helps fresh off the boat because i think she could do it all but they made sure she it wasn't all her yeah like from what i know on apartment it was all her it's like every decision and i think it was still that but she, she had more people to help with the decision so she didn't have to Be everywhere. Like you have to make every decision on set. You have to make every decision in the writers' room and editorial. I'm one person. Yeah. Some people can do it, and she did, but it definitely helps. Where on boat, it was like we need your final. She was mostly writer, and then she was on set, editorial later. Like she came in to lock. Yeah. So it wasn't like you have to see every cut. It was get it to the point where I can watch it. Yeah. As opposed to I'll watch every producer's cut and give notes on everyone. It's like let it get to the studio. Let it get to the point where. I finally give my notes. So I'm not just fighting the network and studio on the notes. It's like let them give everything they want. I'll do my pass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean and that's that's the way it it has to work because like you said, it's just one she's just one person. Yeah. And it's a lot to 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 do and there's only so many hours in the day, only so many places you can be and it's not like oh production is not as important as the writer's room and vice versa i mean they're both really important so you need to make sure that you have excuse me, that support system in place to where you know this can all work on a tv schedule which is insane, insane. yeah
0: so yeah. yeah well speaking of insane uh, hate watch brings it yeah hate watch brings it i uh Dipped into the the well, I went with a uh, Nick Cage, of course. Um, the <laughs> go the, to the movies, The Trust came out this year, as you all remember in the theaters. Of course, I mean, everyone <laughs> saw that, right? <laughs> uh, directed by, I am guessing brother team Alex and Benjamin Brewer. Okay, or Brewer. Let's just go Brewer. Nick Cage, Elijah Wood, Elijah Wood. Okay, there is another guy we'll talk about at some other podcast. Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. The underused but well done i mean i when i saw his name pop up in the credits i went well there's a poll. uh he was five minutes or something so it was yeah like a, kind of bummer so the trust waters and stone i never even realized that was their name okay. <laughs> it's right. just now water and stones are two nobody police officers who police officers who work in an evidence room at the Las Vegas Police Department. When Stone discovers an unusually high bail receipt in connection to a drug bust, the two friends set in motion a plan to find the source of the money. Okay. Two, two cops, they're legit cops, work in an evidence room. Budget $9 million, which that was... It looked really good. Okay, It looked. It didn't look like a low-budget Nick Cage movie or um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. It looked like a real movie. Nicolas Cage had a tasteful wig, and a mustache okay. so he it was the receding hair wig he had a little more hair than he normally does yeah but still thin so it's a tasteful wig and a a fantastic mustache okay um elijah wood was elijah wood plays a stoner yeah jerry lewis plays uh cage's father interesting facts there were 16 executive producers 16. five associate producers four producers three co-producers and a line producer Line producer, I kind of left off it, but I remembered it because the line producer is sort of different than most of these other producers. But because I was watching the credits and there was an EP card with three names just kept flashing (laughs) and flashing and to the point where it caught my attention. Yeah. All right, so I looked it up. 16 executive producers. I think we know where the 9 million came from. And we know (laughs) each one of these people donated a little money. The movie in itself, Nick Cage Mellow to Nick Cage Rage. So it it was... (laughs) This is a weird one. It's It was a solid movie that fell apart, which is probably 90% of the movies I, uh, I hate watches usually start off with a great premise that just fall off. Yeah. So the motivation in this movie is very lacking. Uh, that was probably my biggest, not even an issue. So it's sort of, you have your two police officers we'll have to talk about Elijah Wood another time. I've always liked Elijah Wood and he brings it. He just believes everything he's in. So him working with Cage, it's like you, but you also see like a future Cage. I could see Elijah Wood becoming Nick Cage, but not in a negative (laughs) way. Not like him going, dude, seriously, I don't want to be Nick Cage, but having a career where you can kind of be weird. Mm -hmm. Because Elijah Wood's a little weird, but he brings every emotion that I don't think if they hired someone else could have pulled off in this movie. Like Nick Cage is just Nick Cage. So you're just like, go. I don't even know if he knew. I think he thought he was a cop, probably. Uh, <laughs> I got a mustache. Yeah, okay. Right. So the motivation is, is they're at a drug bust in the beginning, so they're going through some records, and they notice one of the guys had a bail set at $200,000 that was paid in cash. So Nick Cage is like calls Elijah Woods like, don't you think that's weird? I guess. Like, Elijah Wood plays <laughs> that the whole time. Like, Elijah Wood plays it as if Nick Cage, like, Elijah Wood plays it as a the straight person to whatever Nick Cage is doing. Gotcha. So if Nick Cage, like, doesn't it weird? Sure. Sh- do, should we follow them? I don't know. Do you want to? Yeah. Like, I mean, just kind of like <laughs> reactive. There's a scene you can tell was totally improvised. So they're at a bar. Elijah Wood gets a water set, so has some lime in it. So Nick Cage grabs a piece of lime and puts Tabasco on it and is about to eat it. And, Nick, and Elijah Wood's like, what are you doing? He goes, it's what I do. Okay. And he goes, well, here, you should try it. He hands him his, grabs another one does it and actually throws it in his mouth. So I don't know if it was dummy hot sauce or he just put it in his mouth and chewed it. Like, wow. I don't know if that was a character thing in his head where it was like, I'm going to put hot sauce on this lime and eat it. Oh, you know it was. And it was like, do you want dummy hot sauce? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> so it literally, the, the movie basically becomes a heist movie. So that's okay. the whole movie in itself. is It's a heist, a heist movie.
1: movie? House,
0: like- it, so what it is, is they end up following this guy he he convinces Elijah Wood to follow him. The mm-hmm. the guy that was had the bail. He goes, Look, he works at a casino. That's all I can say. All right, you did a good job. And <laughs> it's a good so Nick Cage. So Nick Cage then decides to become go work at the hotel as like just an every like you know, he they show a montage of him collecting towels and working Bell Hopper. So he gets a job at the hotel in a montage which was oh, hilarious. It was like because Elijah Wood finds out it's like why are you working there? I want to get more information. And yeah. it's like, but that's almost something Nick Cage would do. Yeah. So I don't know what, where the character and Nick Cage separate. So it comes to find out that at one point, the casino offloads something to a truck that goes to this business, unloads all their stuff, and leaves. And Nick Cage tells Elijah Wood, they drop off stuff every day to this location but no one picks anything up. He goes, "There's something in here." They find out later that they, uh, this old deli or whatever it was, had a safe and you know installed. He mm-hmm. goes, "We should find out what's in the safe." Yeah. But I don't think they. He his whole motivation was never to bust them. His motivation is, we should take whatever's in that safe. And Elijah Woods like, okay, he just. <laughs> It's like, we just need someone in this movie to just agree with Nick Cage. <laughs> the tension builds, so they decide they the only way to get into the safe is to go into the apartment above the deli, drill into the safe, lower a camera so he can do the tumbler, which I thought that was kind of interesting. I've never seen that take where they drill into the top of the door, they put a camera in, and as they slowly turn it, you can see the tumblers hmm. move. So I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting take on the safe you know, break in. Yeah. So they go upstairs and drill into. Um, there's things I'm missing, but you know, it's like it's the trust with Nick Cage. It, it was it's the trust. It was 89 minutes or something. So it was that perfect thing. They go into it and it's when they open it, they're surprised because it's all white and clean, and there's just these doors you push on that open up, and everything in there is just these mint diamonds in little cases. And Elijah Woods goes, "We shouldn't be in here because they, I think they." anticipated that it was just going to be bags of money and just like yeah, just money. Elijah Wood starts freaking out a little bit. They go upstairs to clean up their mess from the drill. They come down and um, Elijah Wood shuts the door. He knows the combination. He goes, I can't. He goes, I don't know. He goes, I feel weird. This is a level. This is just wrong. Yeah, There was a girl upstairs that they ended up having to handcuff because she was in the apartment as they were drilling down. It's like we just have to go. We have to just leave cut our losses just leave she i think she had seen nick cage's face but he's like what elijah's like we just have to move on so they're at the door and um i will play audio this is when nick cage loses it jim hunt us down david david please Alright, so that was Nick Cage having you open the door. <laughs> wow. Nick Cage was at a six for most of the movie yeah. where just kinda of weird like, oh I put hot sauce lime, Right. And then that happened. <laughs> and that was I was like, alright, I'm in. But I mean this was also towards the end of the movie, but right. I was just like, this is this is the cage I was hoping for for the right, whole Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Vintage. So <clears throat> they he ends up actually opening it up. Cage loads up, starts to load things up. Elijah Wood goes upstairs. He grabs a gun. He's going to release the girl and just leave. Nick Cage comes up. He shoots Nick Cage, grabs the girl, and leaves. And he's talking to the girl going, look, I'm going to take you to a certain point. I'm going to cut you loose. We're just never going to talk about this again. She has a mask on. As they're on the road, and I was kind of surprised. Nick Cage dying was pretty anticlimactic. Like he yeah. shoots him, oh. and, that's and, then he's <laughs> like, and then you're just like, I expected more from this. I expect him to pop up. So it's like, is this real? Yeah. And, and then Elijah Woods on the road, and these vans pull up. So they have been following him. Yeah. The van in front of him opens the door. Elijah Wood reaches for his badge, which I actually thought was a, a good move, sort mm-hmm. of like prevent him gets shot in the head. Wow. Clumps over. The girl gets out of her ties, gets in the van, stops it. Credits. Through the credits they're in the evidence room cleaning up. So it was that was kind of cool cuz so it's not nasty baby where they do a roller rink. Right. The credits roll and it's the evidence from the screen cuz like when he shows his badge and gets shot, his badge falls to the side with a little blood on it. They show that going into an evidence bag. He had a wedding ring, which they never explained if he was married or not. He just had a wedding ring on there. Oh. They show that going into a bag, and then it goes into the evidence room. And I was like, well, that's kind of a cool little button because that's where they worked. No explanation. It was going pretty good because it was just a general heist movie with weird motivations. You never knew why. Never found out if Nick Cage knew more or why he was so adamant about doing it and the scenes with Jerry Lewis was like he was just showing him the case and Jerry's like this seems like there's more to this there wasn't You should get them. You should get the money. You uh, This job, you hate the job. There was no motivating factors to steal the money other than it was a cool plot point. You know what I mean? Like they didn't – there wasn't – we got to get out of this. This police job's it's killing us. It's not paying us. Or um, I've been here too long and you're new. You'll realize that this is the worst. And there was just no motivation and just seeing that this bail thing – was paid in cash and investigating it felt that first it's like, hey, we should maybe track this down. And then all of a sudden it became we should break into the safe. There were no motivations. It was – and then with having Elijah Wood and Nick Cage, you're already expecting a different movie anyways. But yeah I would have liked them to either take the money and get away or – Something to happen to both of them because they worked really well as a team. And him shooting Nick Cage kind of came, other than that shooting him shooting Nick Cage is after the door open scene. Mm-hmm. I would be mad too if someone's just screaming, Open it in front of me the whole time. <laughs> Do you think that's um, take one or take 10 of opening the door?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's,
0: it's. And is that Nick Cage bringing that? Like, does he go, I have an idea? Oh, I think it's absolutely him. <laughs> oh, I think it's
1: absolutely him. But I think it's. I would say probably be take two. Open the door. Yeah. The Daniel first, or whatever, the, you know. On just- the first take, yeah, you know, like, all right. Because he wants to get him sort of used to, okay, this is how we're going to go. Right. Because we you have to do that, you want to catch him off guard so that, you know, you get a real response. And I know that's what Nick is going for. So he's like, okay, this time I'm going to get him. You know, I'm just going to yell, open it the whole time, see if he breaks,
0: you yeah. know? Um, and they cut right when Elijah would just starts laughing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but once you get open it, open it, open it, you get the reverse on Nick, you know, going, open it, open it. I know it's a profile sh- uh, profile shot, but mm-hmm. you get also camera around, swing around, get a reverse on Nick going, open it, open it, open it, open it. Like even if Elijah cracks, like, you, you, you know, you just put that on Nick and, you know, we're just like, oh, my God, what is unfolding here? Right. It's Nick Cage. This yeah. is what he does. But, yeah, he did. <laughs> he just went to Nick Cage like, like no semblance of reality or anything it's
0: like okay he's a a nut nut because as you saw from that scene which will be posted on twitter is it is it's like i need you to open the door if you're scared don't worry yeah and it's like very mellow open it open it and he just goes nuts like yeah there's like no ramp up and he hadn't had any scenes prior to that other than a couple nick cage e moments or whatever um and i think what it is it's like with this it's you had Nick Cage and Elijah Wood, which seemed like a, at least more of a legitimate film. It wasn't definitely Nick Cage and nobody else. It was like, oh, Elijah Wood must... And these directors, I looked them up. This is their first movie. So I don't know how they intertwine with anything. I don't yeah. know uh, their history with Nick Cage or how they got $9 million and how you got Jerry Lewis, which I, the only thing I did read was Nick Cage goes, I love Jerry Lewis to be my dad. And I guess oh. they made a phone call and they were like, sure. I don't know. I guess it's that easy. I, probably. Uh so it was an enjoyable watch once again this actually is the ones i kind of like like mm-hmm. oh my god this was pleasant shot well music was good acting well nick cage aside is different but elijah wood was he's so good it, it was just it's i think what it is it was the lack of motivation in the beginning of why are we here i mm-hmm. think that's what it is i don't know why they're doing what they're doing wow and to bad. have even if nick cage died at the end but I guess there was, I mean, the little payoff that no one gets away with it. But that wasn't sort of the motif of the, Elijah Wood was just a lackey cop, really. And there was a couple things they, which they have a lot of of things that happen in hate watches. There's things that are kind of cool that never pay off. Like there was a cop that liked to sort of play Russian roulette, Mm -hmm. um, but not with a real bullet. He always takes the bullet out. So it's sort of his thing he does. They did it twice and I was like, third time he's going to kill someone there was never a third time. And I was like, oh, because I I expected him to come back later. It was like, when you introduce someone twice, sort of doing the same thing in two different situations, it's always that thing of threes. All right, the third time is when he accidentally leaves the bullet in and kills the wrong person. So you're just, a lot of this is just, you're used to things you've seen in movies. So everything you know is based on everything you've seen before. So there's just these tropes that you're used to. And, that didn't it was like oh and not like i was looking forward to it but it was like oh you led me on this one path and it wasn't like a MacGuffin or something or red herring it was just sort of you didn't have a payoff which was kind of think they shot that and cut it out or i almost wonder if there was another ending because also too nick cage has fooled it they did a lot of twos with no three payoff nick cage um scared Elijah Wood a couple times by sort of playing dead. Mm -hmm. So there was one, there was a little explosion before the door opened, not explosion of Nick Cage acting, an actual real explosion. And uh, he (laughs) goes up to him, and he's like, oh my God, you okay? And he's like, boo. And you're like, okay. So when he actually shoots Nick Cage and he falls down, you actually think he's going to pop back up and there's going to be a wrestling scene or something. No, he doesn't pop up. Quit doing these things of two. And doing it a third time with no payoff. It's like, you guys gotta go back to film school. There's yeah. I know there I don't think there's a rule. Set up and pay off. But if you're doing it three times, the third time's gonna be the different time. And not always, but if you're paying off or even if you do it one time and you come back to that, if you're making a big point of this one thing and it happens again, it's gonna happen differently. There's always the there's some sort of cohesion that was yeah. missing and so it was sort of these things sort of just dangling there and wasn't yeah and it wasn't like they they did it a third time and it didn't like the gun thing they never went back to a third time which would have been the payoff the nick cage being dead i was like he's gonna pop up because he's done it twice before no it's like oh and then just the pittering of and the driving i felt like they needed time because they needed to get to that 90 minute mark him driving away with the girl was probably two minutes long And it was a lot of just them driving on the road. Helicopter shots. And another thing. I'm like, I get it. I understand what driving away is. Could have done the one. Why are we still doing it? Then the vans show up. And it's like, could have driven away a little bit. Him talk to the girl. Then the vans show up. You know, so it didn't look like they'd been following them for seven hours. They were just following them right away. So I felt like they were like, we need to hit 90 minutes. (laughs) Like our (laughs) overseas distribution, they request 90 minutes. And we're at. 88 couple more driving shots. Yeah,
1: I mean I'm sure that that's, with 16 executive producers, I'm sure that you know, that was part of the conversation. But you know that there's a lot of footage that probably ended up on the cutting floor with Nick Cage being just
0: It's like, look, even for Nick Cage, we can't use this in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know that he really went probably in every take I mean, every uh, setup he probably went There like at least once where they're like, Okay, we can't you know, we can't use this.
0: We have him at at a ten every time. We can't have him at a ten.
1: Exactly. Do you think they had to like rein him in? Do you think it was take one he would do that? And then look,
0: man, can you just do it, you know? And then by take three he was just tired. So he he did two hard ones, like full on. By take three, I'm kinda tired. So he brought it down, we're like, Great. Three, yeah, yeah. Three And ultimately, board. that's the thing you use. Well, it's funny. One of the things that made me laugh, they had to move something, and he goes, All right, on three, two, one, three. And they picked, I was like, I literally was like, Wait, rewind. I was like, I don't, I think they did the math wrong, but it was funny because it was Nick Cage. He's like, All right, on three, two, one, three. And then they picked it up, what they were picking up. I was just like, I don't know if that's genius. If it was written that way, yeah, or Cage is a genius, it was a fantastic line. I don't know, but I, I kind of always want to
1: give it to like if yeah. I were guessing to Cage, just yeah. because he's he's that I got an idea kind of yeah. guy who's going to come in there and is like, Yeah, these guys think they know what's going on with this character, they don't know what I know, yeah, and I'm going to flip it on its ear and I'm going to go ahead and like really put you know, what my spin on it is. And it's like, it, I, I just don't know. You know that saying, you can't make this stuff up. Right. It's like, it's kind of hard to believe that the writer is thinking up a lot of this stuff. Some of it, yes. But, but a lot of it, Cage has made a career out of, I got an idea for this character. A career. So, he's gonna infuse whatever he's gonna infuse in it and when you're hiring nick cage you know that that's what it is if you want clooney if you want uh daniel day lewis yeah, there we go you hire daniel day you're not hiring cage you're hiring cage because you know that you gotta rein him in if that's what you want you gotta know that he's gonna go crazy with it like he wants to go crazy with it and you know, he's the kind of guy who, if he's cast as president, he's going to be like, but what if he was a clown, you know, and just put in like, you know, <laughs> makeup, you know, white makeup and just be a clown.
0: You know, I have a backstory.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: it's going to be what it's going to be. And that's what you get. You know, do you think on take two? It's like, uh, no, it's uh, on three. One, two, three. OK, three, two, one, three. Fuck it. Just let it go. Like he just they just say, you know what? He we got it. Well enough No one's gonna notice it <laughs>
1: I think you sort of I think you know What's gonna happen every day And I
0: think you go Better than what Sure Better than what I It's Nick Cage You know And our first film Is with Nick Cage So yeah. we could be much worse Than we're right. off right now <laughs> Do you think they wrote it For him Or he was like I don't know That would I would definitely be curious Cause if In if that's the case Then they knew him going into Making this film Or whatever But yeah. I don't know This definitely felt I mean, for being a heist movie, which I don't know why is that, It that seems to be a thing first-time directors like to do. Not all the time, but I, like first-time scripts or first-time directors always like this sort of heist style thing. That was big in the 90s. Per yeah. se. Not not a lot, but always like, uh, done differently, obviously, was like, I think Lawrence Bender's first film was Killing Zoe, coming off being a producer. Mm-hmm. Heist film. Great film, but it always seems, I don't know why, it. and that actually seems the hardest thing to do. Like, I like the idea of like sort of like, even Sam Raimi with Evil Dead or Kevin Smith with Clerks. One location. Yeah. You know, it's like, that seems doable where it's like the heist film, it's like it's sort of, unless you have the best twist or the best version of it, there's a lot of moving people. And once again, this one was great because they were always in one room because no one was around. They were either upstairs or downstairs. So you can make it as big or little as you want. But they shot in Vegas. They actually shot at a casino. They shot in a big warehouse that was police evidence room. So they actually had legit locations and everything. That's why the movie looked as good as it did. But first time I don't know why I mean, you went to film school. What is did anyone have a heist script or a short? Um not not when I was there,
1: um, but I'm sure it has happened. I mean, Run. USC, I mean, there was, I think the biggest budget for, you know, short film there, I heard was uh, was a million bucks. And I think it was like Sting's Kid or something. Oh, okay. You know? So it was like, yeah, I mean, they there are people who, in filmmakers, in film school, where I, where I went, that would do that, the heist movie, just because it's like... I guess because
0: uh, it it's pre-built in tension that you don't have to create your own. I, you still have to write it it still has to be good, but you know there's going to be the build up to it and then the aftermath.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's a good sort of simple model. I mean because we've, you know, we've all seen it. Um mm-hmm. but like you said it's it's like a lot of a lot of moving parts. I mean if I think that if you're smart you can you can really make something very interesting that does utilize the two locations or the one location. And, you know, the heist movie is really about the setup. It's really about what takes place around it. It's really about the emotions and the anticipation of what they're going to do as opposed to the actual mm-hmm. heist. The actual heist, is, it could be artfully directed, but it's really like whatever. It's really about the relationships between these people who are going to, uh, pull this thing off right, and the impending danger that this this poses um, and it 's that danger versus the reward you know the risk versus the reward, and that 's basically all it is, and the reward 's got to mean something you know it 's got to mean if we get here, if we get over to the other side of the rainbow, you know we got it, and that you was know? the
0: thing with this they you never knew why they were doing it or yeah. the end goal so in your head you start going oh that'll be the twist the end goal was maybe he lured them in to maybe do it for a promotion or something like it's like oh maybe there's another motivating factor or all right we're we're rich now bye yeah credits oh okay right I, I, which
1: is you know still anticlimactic but at the same point at least you know,
0: okay, this is why he's doing it. Mm-hmm.
1: But for no apparent reason, it's like
0: wh- Yeah, you never knew whose money it was, why it was all diamonds, why this vault looked the way it did. And, and sometimes you can forgive that. Like, if they stole everything and got away, and there was a button to the story, I'm like, okay, great. You know, or maybe the reveals in the credits or something of whose money, or right before the credits is whose money it was, but there was no They never even found out. Even with him dressed up as a waiter or whatever, there was no. I found it's the mobs. They weren't even really too concerned about whose it was. Like until they opened it up, and Elijah Wood was like, "We shouldn't be in here."
1: But before that, there was no. Oh, we're dealing with you know this mob or
0: whatever, right? And they didn't even. All they knew was they had a guy that was released on bail uh, for two hundred thousand dollars. They followed him, which led to drop-offs to this deli or whatever it was, and that's it and uh, there was no oh and being police officers if these were just like regular guys that happened to like if they were casino workers that had fa- stumbled upon this right it would make sense but it's like being police officers they didn't even know i mean they used some of their influence to like get plans and stuff like that of the layout of the thing but they didn't like use their influence like who owns this building maybe we shouldn't be dealing with this so yeah. there are a lot of things that you can forgive or leave out because it's just moving the story forward but when you have no motivation and I was like, okay, I just, I would say it's definitely one of the better of the Nick Cages I've seen recently. Like, ending, there was no payoff, kind of crumbled a little bit, but he was pretty good, Elijah Wood was pretty good, it shot well. Like, there felt like there was some care taken into it. What was left on the floor? I don't know. I mean, you're dealing with 16 executive producers and you're first-time directors. I don't know how much they had say. You know, I don't know... If their vision came through, obviously everything that they told was there, Yeah. but I don't know if there were, was this an hour 40 film? Was it a two hour film? And it was like, Ooh, this is not a good two hour film. We need to make a good yeah. 90 minute Could've film. Been. And so we'll get rid of, you can maybe sacrifice the scene where they're talking about who owns it. It doesn't matter. They're just breaking in. Great. We'll remove that. But then they remove just enough where you're like oh okay but the motivation behind it all you still you lost a little of what maybe that key scene was the motivation scene and it was like like the scene where nick's like i can't do this i need to i've been doing this 100 years and i lost everything you know like maybe there's a bad real estate deal, or his pension was lost or there was an incident where he doesn't get his retirement fund or something with his dad his dad gambled all his money like it had to be a reason why he was willing to risk it all to break in yeah and there wasn't other than you just accept it, it's like, well, Nick Cage would do that,
1: right? <laughs> and
0: that's maybe what they were going on.
1: But it seems like that would that'd be a really important scene, though, to, to find the motivation of why you're doing such
0: a risky uh, venture like this. And and being set in Vegas, so your first thought is mobs and this. It's like these guys could be shot; you could be right. killed at any breaking into any safe or vault. But that seems that extra level because you're in Vegas. That that extra like mob level.
1: Yeah, and and the Elijah Wood character didn't say why. Why are we doing this?
0: At one point before they open the uh, door, I think there was something. It's like you don't seem phased. Did Did you know what was in here? I'm just as surprised as you. I just take it differently. So that was. <laughs> I love these and then you're like, okay, because you didn't really know if he knew. It did seem like he was unfazed, but Nick Cage like yeah i i don't know if i was looking for an acting tick of him to
1: (laughs) i was just imagining him opening the
0: safe and like seeing diamonds and being like okay
1: all right so yeah
0: i mean he literally just went up opened it up showed the diamonds but then they cut to elijah wood who gave every emotion of i made a mistake why am i here we're gonna die yeah do we take everything or like Everything was in one second of those big, beautiful blue eyes of Elijah Wood. Oh, they cut to him to show you all the emotion right. that Nick Cage doesn't have.
1: <laughs> was it like putting his hands on his head? It's like, oh, shit, the eyes grow wide as saucers. and Nick Cage, oh, oh my shit, mustache.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my mustache will have a career. Uh, and I don't even know. I don't I know. know it. It, I'd be wondering if that was a real mustache or not. <laughs> I think you could do ADR for Nick Cage, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, My Nick Cage is fantastic. Well, I just watched it. It's the only reason why. That was Hate Watch. It was good. It's, it's, it's like, I mean, I think with anyone, you don't have to go to film school. Sorry, John. No, (laughs) based on last week's, you learn so much by watching so much. And that's all I've ever done. And I think that's the, I mean, the reason why Hate Watch exists because I always watch movies. And a lot of them end up being this or Nasty Baby because it's like, I just want something. And and I'm in It's like fuck Nick Cage Elijah Wood man,
1: and I, I have one question for you. <laughs> um, could, talking about last week's okay, could a younger a slight I guess a slightly younger version of Elijah Wood, okay, be the mannequin character that
0: we were going to give to Nicholas Holt? Could it? Could that be? actually? That's much better. Okay, Nick, Nicholas Holt, you're great yeah and i know you're listening and you're sad mannequin and once again for anyone's no, wondering, we haven't gotten the phone call yet, and we also haven't reached out to get the rights, but... It, it's coming. It's a two-way street, and we're trying to balance mm-hmm. out who should make the first move. Indeed. Elijah Wood is actually a good pull, and actually, I think Elijah Wood now, because he still looks so young. He
1: does, yeah. Um,
0: well, I think he's like, what, 31 or something, so... Oh,
1: he's right. He's not that... He's right.
0: not. Like, I think we think he's older, because yeah. we've been seeing him since The Good Son with Macaulay right. Culkin, and Macaulay Culkin like looks 10. 100. Right. Um, <laughs> and Elijah Wood does not. As I'll tie, I'll look up Elijah Wood. Because I'm, I'll be, I'm a little curious. Um, so yes, for mannequin, I think definitely Elijah. I would, like Elijah. Yeah. Would be it kind of works because if we still stick with Mila Kunis, she's short, and their heights would balance out. And all right. Also
1: because in this great movie that you just reviewed, they've worked... T- Nicolas Cage and,
0: and Elijah work together, so they have that. They have a relationship. Yes. So we, have to, we might have to put Nick Cage in. Oh, yeah, because he was playing Hollywood, yeah. so they're going to yeah. have a good... Yeah. And I already know Nick Cage would be it, because I just watched this movie and he's uh, <laughs> he's up for anything. Oh, he is. this is still... He's 34, so... Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he gets still... Andrew McCarthy was probably 34, but he... Right, still, right. that's anything. true. You're so right. it, it kind of right. works out uh, really well. All right, well, I want to say we've been recording... A little over two hours, as always. We've learned that Golden Girls is big with the Millennials. We did. We did. And it definitely, yeah, Resurgence. They even have action figures. They have I action learned. figures. Polly Shore could be cast in The Wire. He could. As and he, Omar could also, coming.
1: he could. He also could be like a detective. Like, a, I could see that too. A
0: detective. Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow is the comedy way. Yes. Gritty detective, maybe on a uh, Netflix series, could. Work for a poly Shore as if he wanted to just to do something that would break out from the Weasel. Yeah. But,
1: but I, I think he'd be some sort of some sort of unorthodox
0: detective, though. Right? He'd,
1: something quirky about him. Something.
0: You he's kind of goofy, but yeah, he takes the job seriously. It's yeah. like sort of you know. Like he's totally dialed in, but like his, his way, he's really good. Yeah, it's you know he d- marches to the beat of his yeah. own drum. Yeah. Exactly we you'll soon eventually hear about our Ken Whittingham podcast yes which will be just dedicated to Ken Whittingham absolutely if uh, you learned that Moesha was a show you did and, and there was 127 episodes, episodes of Moesha crazy you learned that once again we will probably not be talking about Southland Tales at a two-hour mark
1: yeah I had a whole big notebook of notes about Southland Tales but that'll have to uh
0: wait till next next time yeah and I think it'll it'll be worth it next time yes. so uh For this week, this is Robert. This is John. Have a good one.